Tonight, on the Midnight Train Podcast, it's all about friends, guys, and buddies. Also, creepy Canada. So sit back, grab a drink, and turn the volume to 11. Warning. Listener discretion is advised. We say things like, Bocce ball is bowling for lazy Italians. And, Chris Kringle is a beloved holiday character with a pedophile name. And, on that subject, candy canes are trash candy. If you like them, turn this off now. All aboard. Hello, passengers. Again. And welcome to episode 81 of the Midnight Dream Podcast, where we bring the dark to light. What's that mean? Well, you guys know what it means. We make fun of and joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. Feels like deja vu, but hey, <laughs> I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic Jonathan Sayer. And with me, as always, is my co-host, the one and only Jeff Butchko. Jeff. I'm sorry, what was that? My name is Jeff. <laughs> well, hi, Jeff. Hi. Again. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing peachy. Yeah? Yeah. Everything good? Yeah, everything's fantastical. Yeah? Yep. Except, how about you? Oh, things are good. Yeah? Yeah. Look, we don't ask, uh, we do, don't ask John how he's doing. Do we love technology us. or what? Technology's fantastic. It's, it's good stuff, eh? Except this time. That, you ever hear that anal cunt song, Technology's Gay? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. There you go. Uh, I, except the funny part to me is, is that uh, um, this, this time it wasn't me. It wasn't. It wasn't me. But know, it, was it was related to you because it was your cord. No, not that part. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that another, was the board's another fault. Part. That had nothing to do with Oh, anybody. that was the board's fault. Yeah, it had right, nothing right. to do with anybody. And of course, over here to my left, <laughs> it's the one and only Mr. Moody. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Run. <laughs> How are you today, sir? I'm all right. Yeah. Tired. Tired. Drinking coffee. Yeah. Got to go play hockey. Yeah. Hockey. Eh? That's very fitting for... It yeah. is very fitting, hey. for sure. Well, listen, you uh, beautiful bunch of dark passengers out there know that we're just three musicians and assholes that love history and can't get enough of the mysterious. We want you all to know how much it means to us that you're listening to us at this very moment. Your reviews and support really do make all the hard work worthwhile. In saying that, please stop over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now and give us a five-star review. It. <laughs> it helps for some reason, but as you know, we are not doctors, but we do play one on TV. You can leave any review you'd like. <laughs> you can also find us on Spotify and iHeartRadio by uh, typing the Midnight Train Podcast in our search bar and clicking the follow button. You'll then get each episode as they are released, and Patreon subscribers will be getting an amazing bonus that is connected to our Hunter Kaifect episode, and it's also going to be... <laughs> it's also going to be a part of what, Moody? Uh, the Velisca Axe Murders, as well as the uh, Paul Mueller character. God bless so you. There you go. So we're going to be talking about that, Thank and uh, we're going to be doing some other stuff, too, as well. We've got uh, another Day the Music Died uh, coming up, right? Scanning the internet now. Oh, shit. You're scanning the act. Evan. Oh, Evan. Wow. He said Evan, correct. calm down. Wow. There you go. Jeez, right. what's hot? I'm glad to hear he's back, though. He was kidnapped last episode. It was weird. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Stripper Kevin was very concerned. Yeah. Dude, we're getting we're all getting we're all getting picked off. One like you're next, dude. You're the no, only one that next. hasn't been taken yet. Not not me, buddy, because I'm fucking amazing. And they're not I mean, it's already fucked up that they're making us say that Jeff had a kidney stone. It's really an implant. Oh, I mean, 
It sucks it's that Jeff has the kids. <laughs> seen the Matrix, right? Tracking device. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've been hanging out with Bill Gates? Is that what happened? Yeah. yeah. He's like, here, just put this in you. You'll be fine. We've mm. been plotting to take down Elon Musk. Ooh. Oh, with Bill Gates? Yeah, there's like a whole cyber Dude, imagine, war. imagine that technology war. Bill Gates versus Elon Musk. Oh. Yeah. That should be a movie. Steve a really Jobs boring... comes back as like a cyborg. <laughs> It plays like the OS boot up on the Mac, you know? Nice. You've got mail. Don't kill all your computers, sons of bitches. All right. Well, let's turn it By the way, his rocket fell down and blew up. Dude, landing. He's had several, but the amount of money that guy just blows up is amazing. Dude, like it went up and everyone's like, oh, and then it came down and I'm like, it was a fiery ball of shit is yeah. what happened. You think he fired like three employees to pay for that? Probably. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Like, that's that's he... going to be $4 million. He's like, we'll fire Bill, Brad, and Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Cover the wages. Me, me, me. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So let's turn on the lights. Adjust our seats. Grab a drink and let's get spooky. But first, here's a toast. To all of you beautiful motherfuckers. Sorry. <laughs> and that is Mushmouth's finest. We are going to uh, interpretation. I think we're going to start having Mushmouth do our drink pops, right? I, I think it's a good we've, idea. We've yeah. entered into a partnership with uh, Mushmouth. Yeah, for, uh, yeah, that's our. So we don't get banned in uh, New Zealand. It's a serious anymore. contract, by the way. Really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Is it like we're Joe Rogan like Spotify contract? Five figures of mac and cheese. One hundred twenty-five dollars and thirty cents. Yeah. That's five figures. Craft is a backer. That's sure. awesome. I would be all right with it. My kids would love it. Oh, yeah. Hmm? Well, the reason that we played that beautiful ditty is because... We're, Why? Why did we play it? We're heading to Canada. Oh, Ooh, it's cold up there, eh? It is cold up there. And fun little side note on here that uh, I know. There are more people in California than live in the entire country of Canada. Is that true? I'm pretty sure. Isn't that true? Or is that Not like, for is much that, longer. Is, that a, is that a real fact or is that a Jeff fact? <laughs> No, that's a real fact. Okay. Sure. But I could okay. be wrong. It could be just on the coast of. Uh, I know that more uh, most people in Canada live live on either end on the on the coast, like by you know the yeah not, not coast. Yeah, no one lives in the fucking middle. The border, There's nothing there. The border. Of, Is this yeah. accurate Fuck. after the wildfires? By the way, probably those people are still there. They're just burnt to a crisp. Oh boy. <laughs> so I guess. Well, I guess you said live in California. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh. Canada, we're sorry, and we are going to apologize right off the rip for all the I was horrible. Making fun of, I was making fun of California. Oh, 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 oh. Well, fuck them. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, fuck California. Fair be careful. Anthony Kiedis is going to come after you. Dude, I will punch him in his bad tooth. I swear to God. <laughs> Just give him some heroin. He'll be all right. Oh, my God. Uh, uh. <laughs> Calling you out, boy. 
So, quote, Canadians have an abiding interest in surprising those Americans who have historically made little effort to learn about their neighbor to the north. That is from Peter Jennings. So I'm it, Peter Jennings, and this is Totai Totai. It is, <laughs> is that it, or is he Dateline? I'm Peter Jennings, and this is I don't think Peter Jennings was Dateline, was he? I don't know. What the, he was, well, he was, was a news guy news on thing? something. Let's find out. <laughs> he Joey. was a guy on something. He did that I'm thing. I'm Peter Jennings, and this is the Weekend Update. He was that guy, and he did that thing with the stuff, and uh, he told people news. That's all. I'm Peter Jennings, and this is news to me. Hey, that's good. Peter, I like that one. Right? That's good. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? And that's how the cookie comes. <laughs> he was uh, ABC World News Tonight. I there knew you it. Go. I knew it. I'm oh, Peter Jennings. He's fucking dead. And this is World oh. News. He died in 2005. Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Dude, he's got like 30 names Peter Charles Archibald Ewart Jennings. What? He was CM. a world. What is CM? He was a world renowned fencer. You know, like fencing with swords. Shut the fuck I up. Swear to God, look it up. <laughs> I'm already on Google. Don't do it. No, it's on there. I'm don't, already on here. Don't dude. do it. What is these words? <laughs> did drop out of high school, though. It defines today's episode. We are all going to be surprised and learn about some of the creepiest, craziest, weirdest things our neighbors to the north have to offer. If you're not from the United States, well, the Canadians are probably not your neighbors to the north, but they'll offer you some Tim Hortons and be extremely polite to you anyways. Hey. Most people only know a few things about Canada. <laughs> they are polite. They love hockey. It's cold as fuck. And they say... Hey, but you're going. Yeah, we are going to learn you a few more things, and we're going to do it the midnight train. Is it way. just because they can't say the letter H? Is that what it is? No, because no. why so would they just be saying? Hey, why would they, they, they be? A? No, it's just like with us. We, you know, some of them be like, eh, right? Yeah, right. It's the same thing. Yeah, or like you know. Yeah, you know, Palo. Yeah, right. What? Hey. <laughs> I'm going to sleep on my pillow. <laughs> so we're going to be <laughs> telling you the midnight train way of the creepy side of Canada here. So without further ado, jump on your moose, grab yeah. your hockey stick, throw on your toque, and let's ride. Woo! So after our first stop with one hand in our pockets, we head to the home of Alanis Morissette. <laughs> That's Ottawa. We're taking a trip to the Ottawa Jail Hostel. This hostel has a bit of history, as the name implies. This was one, uh, one hell of a jail. Is there Amish there? What in Canada? Yeah, in the hostel. I don't know what hostel Amish. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh, dude. Boy. God, you guys need to wake the fuck. That up. is a very, very local localized joke. reference. Yeah, wow. nobody's gonna get that. I don't care about anybody else <laughs> except this table. And this is hostel, as in like the hotel, not hostel, as in like being violent, like the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that kind of hostel. Yeah. Where they chop your finger off. You think you're getting... Slice your Achilles? Yeah. yeah. Slice your eyeball? Yeah. When it's yeah. hanging out of your face. Yeah. You? Cut your nostril so you have one. Oh. Like the middle of your nose so you only have oh. one nostril. Cut your septum out? That's good. That's what it's called. See, he is a doctor. Holy fuck. Oh, I just... I had it pierced. That's all. Yeah. Well, as the name implies, this was <laughs> one hell of a jail. The jail was built next to the oh, courthouse well. in 1862 well. and was the main jail in <laughs> Ottawa for over a century. There's a tunnel that connects the jail to the courthouse. Only three official executions took place in the jail, and the most famous being that of Patrick J. Whalen. Whalen assassinated a man by the name of, yes, and get this, <laughs> Thomas Darcy Etienne Grace Hughes McGee. If you guys, real quick, if you're interested in, like, weird political stuff, because it has to do with the United States, too. That guy, like, the whole his whole, like, life, uh, the politics behind this whole thing with him is is actually pretty crazy. If you're into that sort of thing, go ahead and look it up. There was like some political movement that I had Stop it. never heard Get before. <laughs> I had never heard of before. 
uh, because it was mostly it had to do with like Irish and, and yeah. stuff like that. So it's really, it really cool to check out if you got a chance to check them out. So McGee was an Irish Canadian politician. Therefore, he was probably something like, I don't know about you, eh? <laughs> but I'd sure like to get to know it. No, that's Scottish. That's Scottish, yeah. dude. The Irish. <laughs> I don't know. Irish and you Scottish. You got the French in there. Irish is like, oh, man, how do, you, do an Irish accent. I don't fucking do an Irish accent. Do Irish. I look like I can do an Irish, Irish. accent? <laughs> I was going to do Lucky Charles. But I was so just going to do that, too. I was about to. <laughs> Oh, I can't do. Just a rainbow. <laughs> See, the, the, the they're thing is, similar. Irish is so similar. Scottish is more like Scottish. angry sounding. Though. Yeah, it's got very like this when he speaks to you. <laughs> oh, I'd like to untie that bow tie and get to know you. <laughs> yeah, everything ends on a yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going to the grocery store. Do you need anything? Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps I'll grab some haggis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. So anyway. <laughs> he was a uh, he was a politician, Catholic spokesman, journalist, poet, and the father of a Canadian Confederation. So he is well hated. Yeah, well, up there. The young McGee was a Catholic Irishman who opposed British rule of Ireland and worked for a peasant revolution to overthrow British rule and secure Irish independence. He escaped arrest and fled to the United States in 1848, where he reversed his political beliefs. He became disgusted with American republicanism and democracy go. and became intensely conservative in his politics and in his religious United States of Pope. America, pissing yeah. people off since the 1700s. Well, it's, it's just so funny. It's like, hey, come on over. We, we want you to be a part of our country. <laughs> by the way, we hate all of you, and you're going to hate us by the time it's all over. And we're going to force mm. you to do all the shitty work that we right, have. Right, exactly. No, no, come on over. It'll be, it'll be fun. Except if you're Irish, Asian, black, <laughs> anything outside of white. Latino, whatever, yeah, whatever. Right. Fucking white people. Anyway. That's just how white folks will do you. <laughs> so over 5,000 people witnessed uh, Whelan's hanging, which was a large number considering the size of Ottawa at the time. The third official and final execution at the jail took place on March 27, 1946, when Eugene Larmont, who had killed an Ottawa police detective, Larmont. was hanged. The building remained in use as a jail until 1972 when the outdated facility was closed. The original gallows, however, are intact and remain fully functional, which is fucking it's, crazy. There's pictures of it. Basically, it's like on the second floor and it looks like barn doors. And then there's like a floor that looks like maybe it folds down or something. And Look, then kids, drops. a swing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's also what appears to be an unofficial gallows over a back staircase. So it's hard to say how many prisoners were actually executed at the jail. So yeah, they you know just back back alley hangings. Back alley hangings. Oh, that's a metal band right there. <laughs> Punk band. It's not bad, dude. Back alley hangings. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I like it. What do you guys do? do, 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 do uh, hey, yeah. <laughs> is that it? Is that, Although that, that could maybe be misconstrued as like a racist like why back alley hangings like lynching type things. Like people might people uh, might twist yeah. that. Let's not use that because yeah. you know how because pe <laughs> people you know how people are these days. Yeah, They'll take any anything they can to try. Um, Deleted. So, um, <laughs> again, there is no official count there. Uh, so, again, don't piss people off. And while the jail was in use, prisoners were held uh, under very inhumane conditions. Uh, up to 150 prisoners consisting of men, women, and children would be forced to share 60 small cells that are one by three meters. Three feet. Three feet. By nine feet. By nine feet. Literally enough yeah. for you to lay the fuck down. And yeah. that's it. You can't even, like, get by someone who's laying down. Right. Yeah, you're fucked. Fucking ridiculous. 
and then 30 larger cells that were two by I mean, three meters. They're putting kids in there, so whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I guess it's good for the. <laughs> Look at all the room, Dad. <laughs> so as well this is as way bigger than the closet you stuffed me in at home. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> as well as six solitary confinement units, which feels like those would be solitary confinement. Whatever. Uh, the those windows are probably bigger than the <laughs> cells. Dude. The windows were actually open to the elements early on and offered no protection from the freezing Ottawa winters <laughs> and hot summers. Inmates uh, included uh, murderers, the mentally ill, those incarcerated for minor infractions such as drunk and disorderly conduct. Modern excavations have unearthed numerous unmarked graves. It's no wonder this hostel is considered a haunted, creepy place. Play, I said place. <laughs> it's place. <laughs> got excited. This place right here is freaking amazing. <laughs> Like a shitty cartoon character. Yeah, that would be a shitty cartoon. Price! Like Roger Rabbit, dude. Please! Oh, that's right. That's who did that. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot. So here's a few of the things people report about the place. <laughs> Thanks for your input, Jay. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm glad you're here. The ghost of Patrick Whelan, arguably the hostel's most famous spook. Um, you'll see Patrick Whelan walk in the halls towards the gallows where he was hanged. His restless spirit is said to be caused by an undignified burial after his execution. Trash heap, if you remember from the other part we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys will never hear that. <laughs> it was magic. It was good. Sorry. Then there's the hole, also known as sil uh, solitary confinement. Yeah, this area of the jail is filled with an ominous negative energy. Visitors report overwhelming feelings of despair in this cramped, lightless space. Then there's the gallows, the jail's preferred method of execution. It's still standing and functional. Hotel guests have heard footsteps, disembodied voices, and other baffling sounds coming from the execution chamber. Mm. And there's the lounge. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? It came from the chamber. <laughs> then there's the lounge. The hostel's lounge was once used to house women and children prisoners, echoes of whom can still be heard today. Visitors claim to hear sounds of children crying and screaming, as well as knocking on doors and footsteps in what, the empty room. I don't know what those kids did. <laughs> like, seriously, what do you got to do as a child to get locked up? I, I, I don't know, back then. And Probably they, left your Legos out and your dad stepped on it. But when they say, like, kids, I wonder how young they're talking. But back, first of all, this is back, way back in the day, and in Canada. Yeah. You, you've got to do something pretty I fucking I don't even know bad, they jailed right? people in Canada. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. He probably did some fucked up shit. You know? <laughs> you robbed three people. I'm sorry. All right, all right, all right. Don't do it again. Don't do it again. Now, little Jimmy, listen. I'm sorry, but we have, we're we going to have to put you in jail. But, but why? You didn't eat your poutine. <laughs> now, we've had to ask you numerous times. <laughs> it's starting to sway towards an Irish accent there. Didn't need to do that. Sorry. So, assistant manager Jeff Delgado recounts a particularly memorable experience when a woman had checked herself. <laughs> Jeff... <laughs> Checked herself into the old warden's office for the night. They became suspicious when she didn't check out on time at the following day. And when he went to check on the woman, she was still in bed. Jeff says, quote, the front desk agent shook the woman and she woke up very frightened and hysterical. According to her, there was a small girl that appeared to her in her sleep in the office surroundings and wrapped her arms around her so that she would not be able to wake up. What the fuck? <laughs> the girl was also supposedly trying to whisper something in her ear from which the guest could only make out the word. Sorry. <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> Actually, the word was help. I just thought it'd be funnier if it. If it... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just real creepy. Sorry. Sorry. 
<laughs> Quote, although the story might seem outlandish, the guest was, yeah, she actually said help. The, although the story might seem outlandish, the guest was unaware that the particular room she was staying in was indeed the old warden's office. She was also able to describe in detail the surroundings of an office and the physical description of the little girl. So from the dream she had, that's kind of creepy. Huh. On the plus side, if you make it through the night without getting scared off, there's a free continental breakfast just for you. So Woo! there's that. Continental breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Free Tim Hortons. <laughs> free Tim Hortons coffee for everyone. Yeah. All right. Jeff. Yes. Next up, we're going to play Informer in the Land of Snow. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Heading to Shag Harbor, Nova Scotia. We're not talking about ghosts or cryptids. We're talking about fucking aliens. Ooh. Oh, now we're getting to the good shit. Look, look. Y'all know if I'm doing a creepy anything, there's going to be fucking aliens involved. But Bruh. no bridges. There are no bridges. There's a tunnel. No <laughs> bridges. Not a though. goat's man bridge. There's no bridges. Yeah. Again, no bridges. Crying toddler bridge. I saw nothing. I didn't even see anything about a hundred bridges. I, it, it's, I think there's like a, a couple of tunnels. That's but, a Texas thing. It has to be. Do you think because Canadians can't build bridges? I bet you they could build great bridges. Yeah. Are Jeff, you sure about that? Do you know how many fuck? rivers are in Canada? They're building bridges all the time. Yeah. Unlike the United States that are just burning them. <laughs> so Rock, 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 <laughs> really turning on you, John. Burning bridges. Burning, you know, because it's still a, a shitty joke turn either way. Fuck your face. Anyway. How can you turn a phrase? Shag Harbor was the site of a supposed UFO crash in 1967. Oh, Roswell time. Yeah. Well, we're going to say it was definitely a UFO crash. Yeah, we're going UFO. So at approximately 7.15 p.m., Air Canada Flight 305 pilots Captain Pierre Charbonneau. <laughs> oh, that's as Canadian as it gets. I, I fly a plane. My name is Captain Pierre Charbonneau. French-Canadian motherfuckers. May we? Yeah. <laughs> and the first officer, Robert Ralph, who fucking has two first names, uh, were flying above <laughs> Quebec. <laughs> About 180 miles west of Nova Scotia. Everything was perfectly routine until they noticed something trailing their plane. They Ooh. witnessed a massive rectangular shaped object, orange in color, oh. gliding through the skies. Trailing the rectangle were small orange orbs that seemed almost like a tail to this main object. The pilots watched the growing concern for several minutes when suddenly... There was some sort of explosion near the rectangle. Oh. Ah! Wow. Oh Let's not do that one again. <laughs> There's an explosion. I mean, I would think that like... That sounded like explode. someone who was just murdered. Wow. God damn it. Well, a large white cloud was left behind, sporadically changing colors from red to blue. Two minutes later, another explosion occurred, leaving behind a similar cloud of colors. The pilot were they high? I don't know. <laughs> the pilots watched in amazement at the small that's orbs. A bad poutine, eh? Yeah, like that's <laughs> fucked up. His name is Pierre. <laughs> he likes ice cream. He's like, I, I got the good sheet. So the pilots watched in amazement as the small orbs swarmed uh -huh. around the rectangle and along with it descended into a thick cloud cover and disappeared out of sight. Both pilots, visibly shaken, reported the incident when they finally landed. 
Meanwhile, back on the ground, residents of Shag Harbor would report seeing four orange lights in tight formation flashing in rapid sequence across the night sky. Nice. A group of teens that were out fishing noticed that the lights were making a brisk descent towards the water. I like how it says fishing. Extremely reliable source. Yeah, yeah. out fishing. (laughs) Late night teens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is Shagville or Shagtown, right? Shag 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 Harbor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But instead of disappearing into the murky depths, the lights seemed to float effortlessly on the surface before disappearing into the water. Because of this, the teens believed it to be an airplane that had crashed a half mile from the shore. Another young man who had been fishing quickly phoned the RCMP, which would be the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Yeah. Ah, They're awesome, by the way. Totally fucking do right. Fucking Mounties. That's right. To report the crash of an aircraft. The police dispatcher brushed off the young man, <laughs> believing him to have been inebriated, but soon over a dozen you other. <laughs> what is fuck? that's that's the Mounties? What is wrong with you? <laughs> Jesus! Someone take that away from me! <laughs> right? Jesus Christ! Uh, but soon after, over a dozen <laughs> other calls actually flooded the station, and police immediately went on to investigate. The first kid's got to feel like it's like, wait, you don't fucking believe me? And then all of a sudden, yeah, I wait, want an apology, goddammit. But I, but I told you already. You know what I mean? What do you mean? I, I'm only a little drunk. I saw something. I'm the asshole. <laughs> How long do you think it took the Mounties to get there? Because they're horseback, right? Uh, their response time's got to be kind of slow. No, they're not technically on horseback. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're they in cars by now. Yeah, they do have some that actually ride on horse. That's what they started off as, right? Yeah. Weren't they well, all? that's the mounted police. But now, like, they consider it, like, they're... They're just regular. So they're driving like Range Rovers. No, they're one just guy driving car, like cop cars now. One guy drives and the other guy's on the hood the whole time. <laughs> he's kind of sad. Hold on yeah. to his hat. Yeah, and he's <laughs> also he's also the siren. You know, so he's like, woo, woo, get out the way. <laughs> Putting those red lights that they stick on the top, like on the horse's head. Jesus. <laughs> so, unbeknownst to the RCMP, Constable Ron Pound <laughs> was patrolling an area. <laughs> that dude was made for homosexual porn. Yeah, near the alleged incident. <laughs> he witnessed the four orange lights moving out at tremendous uh, speed as he sped up his vehicle. He believed the four lights to be all connected to a single aircraft and estimated it to be about 60 feet in length. That's pretty fucking huge. It's big, uh, big aircraft. He reached the shoreline where he soon uh, was joined by fellow officers, Police Corporal Victor Warbeckel, Warbecki? Warbecki, and Constable Ron O'Brien. Ron O'Brien. That's Canadian as fuck. Hi, my name's Ron O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm good. Good, eh? <laughs> Along with other 30, um, wit- or 30 oh, other witnesses, oh, they all watched as the orange light slowly changed to a yellowish tint, Ooh. and it moved eerily slow across the surface of the water, oh. leaving the similar yellowish-colored foam in its wake. Some witnesses claim to have seen the actual structure of the object, reporting it as a domed-shaped. Due to the exhaustive dedication by investigators Chris Stiles and Don Ledger, they were able to compile a list of first-hand witnesses and individuals involved with the search and recovery efforts. Good for them. So they, they think they actually saw they saw something. So that's pretty cool. When the object was reported, oh, they saw something. Yeah, when they uh, reported a crash land in the water and it began to sink in the cold, uh, the ice cold waters, a loud whooshing sound could be heard by several witnesses. <laughs> Just whoosh. Because it's, it wasn't it's, a, like it's a going in, it's going underwater. Yeah, so it's you sinking. Get that, like, so yeah, right. So the Canadian Coast Guard was called to the scene, but before they could arrive, Canadian Coast Guard. <laughs> it's, it's, it's I don't one, know why. It's one boat. Okay, I don't know. Why, I just I don't know why, but like saying something and then putting Canadian in front of it just for some reason makes it sound funny. Yeah, you know what I mean. It makes it sound um, lighthearted and like innocent, comical. Yeah, almost, you know like, what I mean. Like it sounds innocent. Yeah. You hear Canadian, Canadian bacon. Yeah. 
ham. I love Canadian bacon. It's ham, right? That's different. Cuts. It's, 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 it's similar to yeah, ham. A. It's, yeah, a. So the uh, they were called to the scene, but before they could arrive, two RCMP officers had already secured local fishermen's boats and headed toward the area for a possible Se- search. Secure. And, right. <laughs> Give me your goddamn boat. The lights Please. were no longer. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I need to take this. The lights were no longer visible, but the yellow foam remained. The officers and fishermen who assisted all said that the foam was like no sea foam they had ever seen much thicker than anything that could be caused naturally. They had to cut their w- way through it just to look for survivors of the supposed crash. So that's got to be some thick-ass foam. Yeah. It's great stuff. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Expanding foam. <laughs> what, is what is that stuff called you put in your cracks? Great, is that great, great stuff? stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 After several hours of searching, nothing could be found. And the, the RCMP, along with the Coast Guard, contacted their local NORAD station and the Ooh, Rescue Coordination NORAD. Center. NORAD. Asking if there had been any reports that uh, that evening of a missing aircraft, either civilian or military. They had nothing. The following morning of October 5th, the Canadian Forces headquarters sent out specially trained divers from the Navy and RCMP to systematically search the seabed in the alleged area where the crash had occurred. They searched for several days and found absolutely nothing. Local newspapers nothing. began to circulate specu- uh, speculative theories of a Russian spacecraft. Fucking Russians got they're all over the Submarine place. or spy satellite being the enigmatic culprit. Submarine, eh? Yeah, there were also rumors that the United Yellow. States had launched their own investigation into the incident. <laughs> yeah. Slowly, the headlines made their God way to the it. back of the newspapers and soon faded into obscurity, as most UFO cases often do. In 2018, it was really announced. A shame, by the way. <laughs> in 2018, it was announced that Celine Castu and Fabian Cousteau, Cousteau. You jackass! No, it's Castu. No, it's Cousteau, like no. Jacques Cousteau. No, it's Celine Dion. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> so these are actually grandchildren of Jacques Cousteau, and uh, I'll we're kill you. <laughs> <laughs> we're heading to Nova Scotia to investigate the incident. That's kind of funny that uh, Jacques Cousteau's freaking grandchildren are going out there to investigate this shit. Fuck yeah! That's pretty cool. So um, as part of their visit, their investigative team would carry out an underwater search to try to locate the craft that could possibly still sit at the bottom of the water. While their deep sea investigation did not yield a aircraft or materials, um, (laughs) some activity was recorded between their radio transmissions while underwater when in proximity to where the craft was said to have been submerged. Mm. Perhaps the most compelling developments in the Shag Harbor incident are its striking resemblance to the now famous Tic Tac UFO incident. But we can find similarities with actions taken by the Tic Tac UFO and the object witnessed in Shag Harbor in 1967. In fact, the event in Nova Scotia meets at least one of the traits laid out by the former director of the once-secret Pentagon UFO program, Luis Elizondo, under AATIP, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Bob Lazar. (laughs) Elizondo compiled a list of incredible capabilities commonly associated with UFO sightings. He called these traits the Five Observables. As stated on the TTSA website, they include sudden and instantaneous acceleration, hypersonic velocities without signatures, check, low observability, check, transmedium travel, check, and positive lift, check. And that would be the acronym. What was that again? Schultz. That's it. That's that's what it turns out to be. If you were to use it as an acronym, Schultz. Sorry, no. If we are to observe the actions of the Shag Harbor objects, it most certainly hits number four, transmedium travel. According to the AATIP criteria, this involves objects that have the ability to travel easily in various environments and conditions seemingly without any change in performance capabilities. 
Our current understanding of phys uh, physics requires vehicles to be designed specifically according to their application. For this reason, there are stark differences between those vehicles that orbit in space, fly in the atmosphere, and travel in the sea. Objects that can travel in all three mediums using the same design and without compromising performance or degrading lift remains an enigma. Exactly. Which makes sense. I mean, you so, yeah, basically what all, what all that is saying is they have one craft and it was flying through the air and then operating in the water with no issues at right. all. It was flying through the air with the greatest of ease? Sure. It was the daring young man on the... Anyway, okay. There's no trapeze here. Okay, sorry. So this and several other observables <laughs> make the Shag Harbor object most certainly an enigma. And while its performance may have in fact compromised or been compromised that day in the skies and eventually in the waters of Nova Scotia, it begs for continued investigation. The extraordinary testimonies given to Styles and Ledger were said to be highly credible individuals. However, their names remain confidential to protect them from possible threat or security oaths. They just don't want to get made fun of. Right. <laughs> Therefore, the aforementioned information, just like most witness testimony by military and authority figures, was given, quote, off the record. No matter the case, something extremely strange occurred in Shag Harbor on that dark, cold you know night. You know what? I think statements off the record are much more convincing than statements on the record, personally. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. yeah. Because if someone thinks it's off the record, they're just going to talk. It's like you without can it's without candor. Like like <laughs> like when me and you were talking off the record, you know what I'm saying? Like we're just bullshitting like you things come out better that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're more loose, you're more whatever. I would I would trust off the record comments more than I trust on the record comments. Do you guys want to see an, an artist rendition of Shag Harbor UFO? Oh. I did. I saw that picture. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty. That, it looks like a giant tire. <laughs> it does. Eh? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a giant tractor tire. Yeah. 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 That's freaking hilarious. So it does. It remains one of the most compelling UFO cases, <laughs> <laughs> UFO cases it. of all time. Oil on my scrimp. Only bringing uh, forth more questions than answers. It's left <laughs> even the most skeptical mind scratching their heads. It could be best summarized with a quote from an October 14th editorial from the Chronicle Herald. Quote, imagination or natural phenomenon seem to be the weakest of explanations. Oh, it has been a tough week for skeptics. Yeah. See, and see, like fuck you skeptics. We know they're out there, there motherfucker. All right, so the truth is out there. The, the truth, the truth sauce. That's Scully. All right, next up, we head to the birthplace of one of the world's most beloved musicians, Big Bird. No, nope. a man who just wooed the ladies. Fuck yeah, loved dude. him, and every man wanted to be yes, and wants to be yes. A man who helped write the greatest musical anthems of yes. all time. Steve Perry. Yes, Journey. that man is Chad Kroger of Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> bruh, <laughs> he was like, he was like, well, who the fuck is it? This is gonna be great. There has never been so Man, much disgust. You guys, you guys did not sell it at all. <laughs> it was the biggest letdown no, in the history. We of, did sell it. Oh, we sold you the shit it. out of it. So we're heading to Alberta. <laughs> And may we be the first to ask, fuck you, Alberta, or first to ask, first to say, fuck you, Alberta, for that whole fiasco <laughs> and for distributing Nickelback to the world. Exactly. We just want to say, fuck you guys for Other that. Other than that, lovely. Yeah, there. great place. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. They still made more money than any of us ever will. Calgary flames are terrible, though. Sorry, Alberta. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Dude, they're a hit at, like, rib burn-offs. Look at this photograph! <laughs> Ugh. 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 Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. 
I like the way you dance around. Hey, these are good riffs. Yeah. I like the way you think it Although we do all agree that that dude is way scarier than anything we could possibly be talking about here. Absolutely. We're actually heading more specifically to Fort Kent, Alberta. Fort Kent, huh? Yes, we're going from right. aliens Ooh. to evil spirits. Oh, that was the first one you got on point right there. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. It, that's what I do. That's that's actually I like that's best really one good. So far. That's the best one so far. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not talking about ghosts here, no? okay? We're actually talking about something we've talked about before. Ooh, this could be interesting. The leprechaun. Talking about the Wendigo. <gasps> we touched on the Wendigo before. Yeah, I, I don't remember if it was our cannibals Bigfoot. episode or um, it's Bigfoot. No, it wasn't Bigfoot. It's, I think we've talked about a couple episodes. Yeah, we've talked. There was one that we it. specifically did. Yeah, where we talked Wendigo. about the Wendigo. Yeah. I think it was that one we did like three. We did like the Jersey Devil. Yes, the Wendigo. Yes. And uh, so we're touching else. back on it just because it is a Canada thing. The Jersey. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So the tale of the Fort. <laughs> the tale of the Fort Kent Wendigo is pretty crazy. The Wendigo is a Good mythological one. creature, part of Algonquin legend that speaks of an evil spirit that could possess the minds of men and uh, make them mad with grief and despair driving them to commit gruesome acts of murder and cannibalism. Yeah. It's gross. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, it's just a creature that tells you what to do? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it hypno- right. Hypnotizes you like, you're not getting sleepy. Yes, you are. Eat this food. Mm-hmm. Here's what I need you to do. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so such a creature is alleged to exist somewhere around Fort Kent with a chilling legend that goes back nearly 100 years. Ooh. Thomas Burton was a young doctor that arrived in Fort Kent from England in 1921. That's Cliff's dad. Um, I, I, I thought it was Tim's dad. It, they're brothers. Oh, Tim and Cliff are brothers? Yeah. Okay, that's not at all true. Same as the guy that makes <laughs> snowboard stuff, too. He's in that family. They're all really, dude, that would be a loaded-ass family. Yeah. Do you imagine that? And there's Burton Bell, you know. Burton yeah, Bell. but that's first name. Yeah, but so, still. I mean, it's, it's, shut up. So anyway... <laughs> He moved there when it was just a humble colony. Burton came to Fort Kent with his wife to treat an outbreak of smallpox that had befallen the small community, allegedly on the backs of rats. Fucking rats. Ugh. And we've talked about that. Yeah, yeah there's the Wendigo. I love that picture. Yeah. That'd be a cool tattoo, wouldn't yeah. it? The yeah. Wendigo. I'd get that on my face, like on my cheek. On yeah, absolutely. You should totally yeah. do that. Yeah. Then I'd go in for like a loan. Go, see, go see Hagar. And they'd be like, hey, what do you need a loan for? I'd be like, I don't know. I'm just fucking cool. <laughs> I need a loan to be cool. That's your answer. You should literally do that anytime. Without the tattoo, just walk in into a, a bank and just be like, so what do you need a loan for? I don't know. I'm just fucking cool. Jason, if you're listening, I want a Wendigo tattoo on my face. Okay. Yeah. Let's make that happen. Yeah. And I want to film the whole thing for the podcast. Uh, I don't believe any of that. Anyone out there, at least locally, if you're looking to get good tattoo work, go go see Jason Hager. Jason Hager over at, uh, what's it called again? Is it, it's not Divine, is it? Divine, uh, yeah. It? yeah. yeah. I, I believe it is. I don't know. Yeah. I think, <laughs> sorry, Jason. I think I, I, I just see everything through his website. I'm not. Yeah, that's that's, that's perfect. It looks like right. a Disney version. I was just it. gonna say, it looks or like a, a Pixar version. No, it looks like one of those Madagascar fucking yes, lemurs that's or whatever. Exactly what it looks like. That's cool. That's a good one. Yeah, that's super cool. That would be cool, like in your crotch area. You know what I mean? Having that thing. Why? Why would you have a Wendigo in your crotch area? I mean, that's where it would hide. The Wendigo yeah. would hide there. Yeah, actually, I like that that next one. Over. It enters through your butthole. Yeah, that's that's fucking super creepy. That's awesome. And all the listeners are like, well, it'd be great if we could see any of this. <laughs> I'll post those. I'll post them up. Yeah, well. Actually, right. send them over to the freaking uh, the uh, Instagram right now. That way they can check it out. Fucking do it. 
So Burton also hoped that by leaving England, he would leave behind the horrible memories he had of World War One. Wrong. <laughs> Initially, the boy were you wrong. Initially, the young doctor was successful in fighting the disease, the disease, and the townsfolk embraced him and his wife as miracle workers. But the disease, the diseases spread suddenly became uncontrollable, and Burton became overwhelmed with the sick and dying. It wasn't long before his wife too fell ill, and when she succumbed to the sickness, <laughs> Jesus, Burton locked himself in the Fish house. Him? Fish him? Yeah, it like Fish cut him. off. Like Fish him. Finish him. There, there it is. Burton locked himself inside the house with her dead body. Yeah, I mean, what else would you do? Oof. In the following days, Burton went mad with grief and, according to legend, was possessed by the Wendigo. Under the evil spirit's influence, he ate his wife's so flesh. So, I read two different versions of this. You cut me off when I said that. He ate his wife's flesh. Yeah, that's not the important part. Flesh, Moody. I mean... Dead wife. What else are you going to do with your dead wife? Not. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, I was just gonna say I read two different versions of this: one where she died and then he did that, and then another one where he actually killed her and ate her. So, either way, I'm not sure which is. I mean, I don't know. Why is there multiple versions? Because it happened a long time ago, and it's all word of mouth. And no I, one really either way, knows. the end result is the same. He the guy ate, ate his, his fucking wife. wife. Yeah, <laughs> he's a hero. Do you yeah. think he put poutine on it? <laughs> Jesus Christ! No. I, I don't know. I mean, it's supposed to be good. To be Instead honest, of, I made, can't say he didn't because we weren't there. That's true. You know there's I mean? no there's It's no not telling. documented that he did there's not no do that. Do you think that. he was apologizing the whole time he was eating her? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. So, so. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so when he was done... Did he really say sorry a lot? <laughs> yeah, they're oh, very polite yeah. people. Like, they're they're very polite remember, people. Our drummer never did yes, that. Yes, he did constantly. I used to make fun of him When he was taking his wedding ring off and hitting on chicks. Oh, sorry. I'm silvery. Oh, that so when he was done with her, <laughs> Burton, I mean, it was true, right? Burton turned his attention to the residents of Fort Kent and allegedly <laughs> went on a killing spree for the next three days. Yes. With few spared. No. Yeah. Said to be some of the grisliest murders in Canadian history. At the end of the probably third, some of the only murders in Canadian. Actually, there's quite a bit. I know. There's I quite a just, bit of like. It was a joke. Shut up and killers. Too, whatever. Man. Shut up. Dude. You shut up. There's a lot of serial shut killers up, up there. It's you awesome. shut up. I love Canada. Shut up. I've just never been there. <laughs> never been to Canada? I have not. We've talked about this. I've never been there. A dick. I know. I need to go. At the end of the third day, it is said Burton disappeared into the woods around Fort Kent and was never seen or heard from again. Mm. When he and his wife had arrived, there were 150 people in Fort Kent. Eleven were all that remained, <laughs> at least according to the legend. Dude killed 130 people. Yeah, supposedly. Burton's was not the uh, first high-profile case of Wendigo possession in Western Canada. <laughs> the first official hanging to take place in That's the region. What a weird statement. Dude. I mean, yeah. Yeah, this is, you know what? This isn't the first high-profile Wendigo case we've yeah, had. Yeah, <laughs> you've been sitting around, drinking a coffee, you show up at the scene. Well, you know this isn't the first time, eh? <laughs> I'm just saying. Fucking Wendigo's around yeah. here, man. And you know, I need that CSI. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so the, the first official hanging uh, to take place in the region was also attributed to a man possessed by the evil spirit of the Wendigo. Swift Runner, a planes who I believe we did talk about in our other episode, a planes... Really? Uh, Cree Trapper was arrested Maybe. after he admitted to killing and eating his wife and children during the winter of 1878. Again, what else are you going to do? Right, I guess. 25 miles from Hudson's uh, Bay Company outpost stocked with emergency supplies. Because he committed such a heinous crime while um, help was so close by, he was believed to be possessed by the Wendigo. After hmm. he confessed to the crime, Swift Runner was 
hung or hanged in Fort Saskatchewan. 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 <laughs> Today, the community we know as Fort Kent no longer sits at the location Burton's terrible murders were committed. But residents sometimes report strange cries resembling that of a coyote coming from the tree line. It, it sounds like... China. It sounds like what? China. <laughs> what? I don't know. What does that China. have to do with anything? Donald Trump, don't trust China. China is asshole. <laughs> What the fuck are you doing? I know. That's what I would be like. Oh, my God. So anyway, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The residents sometimes report the strange cries and whatnot. So, you know, lest they be, you know, you know. Have you ever heard like a coyote like yelping? Oh, yeah. It's fucking weird, dude. It's got that real high pitch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I might have one. It's really fucking fucking weird, weird, man. So they believe that it could be a tree, you know, coyote or whatever. And children are warned not to be in the fields too long past dark. Yes. Lest. Yes. Lest they be taken by the windigo. Yeah. Sounds like a fucking pleasant place. So as you all know, Tom Cochran once told us all via song that life is a highway and we're going to ride it all night long. No, that was Tomater. <laughs> Tomater. <laughs> hey there, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so anyway, we're heading to <laughs> Manitoba, Canada. Manitoba. Now, if you follow your cryptids like you should, you have probably heard of Ogopogo. Yes. Bounce. Oh, go, 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 Sorry. Every time I hear that. Nicely done. Well done. Where's my applause? Hold on. I got to give you an applause for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is it this one? There it is. Thank you. I'll give you that one, man. That was good. Every time I hear or read that word, it's exactly what I think of. System of a Down. It works. Yeah. Perfect. So Ogopogo is a lake monster in British Columbia. But some people are not aware of another pretty famous lake monster in Manitoba. This one is somewhat named after Ogopogo. It's called Manipogo. Get it? Yes. Manitoba, There's also another one after Manipogo. What are you talking about? Manipogo. What, 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 uh, we recently actually just posted a picture of Ogopogo on our Instagram and Twitter feeds. Oh, so if you guys want to see what it looks like. Oh, that's right. I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, it's up there right now. Well done. Yeah. Mm, you know. And you did. You know what's crazy? You did that without even seeing the episode. I know. I'm freaking on point. Or that? you're on point. One of the t- We're syncopado, sync- my friend. Yeah. El syncopado. I, like I like it. I don't even know if that's a word, but whatever. <clears throat> or it fake is, news. Is it? <laughs> He's just over there downloading Jesus and playing sounds, just random sounds. You're gonna have to cut all this out. So in uh, can- uh, Canadian fake lore, fake lore. <laughs> what am I doing? Oh, that's a Freudian slip right there. Yeah, what, what was I doing? The old fake lore. There was no master plan behind what I'm doing. Canadian fake lore, Canadian folklore. <laughs> The Manipogo is a lake monster said to live in Lake Manitoba, Manitoba, Canada. There's also a lake. <laughs> Winnipegosis sea monster called Winnipogo, thought possibly to be the same creature as the lakes are connect. Uh, they are actually connected. Not very creative with the names, but you know, Canada, whatever. So the monster is described as being from four to fifteen meters long. It is described as quote a long muddy it's brown. Quite the window. Yeah, <laughs> it's either little or big. Right. It's either like me or like yeah. It, it, depending on how drunk you were. So <laughs> what size the log was? He's described as a long muddy brown body with humps that show above the water and a sheep-like head. So um, we Loch Ness, right? Very familiar, similar. Yeah, to, it's, it's yeah. all the same. Yeah, it's kind of like the same thing. It's their version of it. Yeah, right. People have claimed oh, we actually have one here in uh, at, yeah, at Lake, Lake Erie. Lake Erie. Yeah. 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 What, what, what's its name? Shit. I nope. Remember. I don't think that's it. Yeah, no, that's it. It's a shit <laughs> it's monster. Shit. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> which got, makes perfect sense. It's got diapers on its head and stuff. Yeah, it's the shit monster. It's of the Lake shit Erie. monster. I've yeah. seen it so many times. It's over at Edgewater. <laughs> oh, Chief so, Brody comes in. Get out of the water. 
<laughs> the hockey team was named after it. Lake Erie Monsters. Yeah. So people have claimed to have seen the Lake uh, Monster since the 1800s. The name was created by Tom Locke, land inspector in charge of planning the provincial government's program for public playgrounds and recreational parks. On August 10th, 1960, he and 16 others said they saw three creatures swimming near the area of Tutes Eds. Bessie. Hey, Bessie. I thought that's what it was, Is but it? I thought it's I was Bessie? getting mistaken. Uh, yeah, I just looked though. It's so, Bessie. so ours up here in in Ohio and Lake Erie, it's it's Bessie. Correct. All right. So this is is this Toots Aids? Toots Aidus? Is that what, what that is? It's the the area of Toots Aidus. T o u t e s. Toots. Sure. Toots. It's either that or it's Touts Aids. <laughs> <laughs> the area that's Touts Aids. <laughs> Over at Touts Aids. Yeah, that's so it. So I think it's Toots Aidus or to, whatever. A community. It's fucking two, French. Who knows? Yeah, uh, it's 245 kilometers northwest of Winnipeg on the shore of Lake Manitoba. First Nation stories of Manipogo go back centuries, while the first documented sighting by a white settler came in 1909 when Hudson Bay Company fur trader... Fucking white people. And Hudson Bay Company, again. And that's kind of odd that that's in there. But I guess they were a pretty big company back then, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this guy's name's Valentine McKay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That's well. actually, Valentine's actually a family name in my family, male name like my i have an uncle valentine and there's valentine's all really? the way back oh yeah is he getting a lot of bar fights it's uncle val yeah. valentine sayer valentine sayer yeah it's awesome should he have named, spurs on named, his boots that's what riley's name should have been oh yeah i should have named him valentine he looks like a valentine yeah but you gotta think about it. it's like naming a boy sue you like the the johnny cash you gotta song? fight your way out that's of that it one. you're gonna learn to be tough man so he claimed to see a huge creature in cedar lake Timber Inspector C.F. Ross and a friend were next, saying that uh, they saw a single horned creature that looked like a dinosaur in 1935. And in 1948, C.P. Ulrich claimed to see something rise up from Lake Manitoba and let out Ooh. a, quote, prehistoric type of dinosaur cry. Here are some other stories <laughs> of the sighting. 1957, Louis Belcher and Eddie Nepanik say they saw a giant serpent-like creature in the lake. August 12th, 1962, two fishermen, Richard Vincent and John Conefall, claimed to have seen a large creature uh, like a serpent or giant snake from their boat on Lake Manitoba near the mouth of Waterhen River. What happened? 1960s, a couple say they saw a reptile-like beast surfacing about 10 meters from their boat. Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> 1989, Sean Smith and family visiting from Minneapolis on a cam uh, camping trip stayed at Shallow Point Campground off Highway 6 on Lake Manitoba. He described seeing, quote, many humps in the lake about 25 meters offshore. Sounds sexy. Yes, yeah, so that would be, that'd be Fergie. <laughs> <laughs> My lady, lady. <laughs> My Manitoba. <laughs> Sorry. 1997, several reports by cross-country campers from Quebec staying at the Lundar Beach Campground <laughs> describe what appeared to be a large reptile head rising and falling in the water more than 100 meters offshore. Swimmers were asked to leave the water, but the head only appeared one time. It was dismissed as a floating log, but no log was seen afterward. Ooh, son of a bitch. 2004, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's for sure. 2004, commercial fisherman Keith Hayden, originally from Newfoundland and Labrador, reported that several of his fishing both nets... Both dogs, by the way. Yeah, both dogs. <laughs> kind, of, kind of weird there. What are you doing there, Keith? Reported that several of his fishing nets on Lake Manitoba near the Narrows were torn up by what seemed like an ocean shark or killer whale. Ooh. The fish that were in the nets were not nibbled on, but actually torn in half, he said, by what seemed like huge bites. Talons. Could have been a bull shark. Bullshit. 
Um, 2009, several residents at Twin Lakes Beach reported seeing several humps a few hundred meters from their lakefront cottage. Ooh. No photos were taken. <laughs> Convenient. 2011, many sightings of several humps emerging and then submerging seen from offshore were, were, were reported at locations like Marshy Point, Scotch Bay, and Laurentia Beach by security personnel patrolling flooded cottage homes in the area. It's over there on Marshy Point. Yeah. August 9th, 2012, a report claimed that just offshore of the outlet at Twin Beach Road, something surfaced Fucking twice. Twin Beach Road, man. All right, showing a scaled sawtooth jagged back like that of a giant sturgeon. Oh, Dude, those things get fucking humongous, by the way. They do. Oh, yeah, they get fucking super yeah. big. But it's kind of cool that this uh, these sightings have been going on since, like, what, the late 1800s, early 1900s? Oh, like and, all the indigenous peoples up there. Like, those are reported sightings. Right, and it's still back, going on. But, like, they've, there's been, like, writings of it from, like, the natives up there for, like, centuries. Right. So that was their Menapogo. Yeah. Or, yeah, man. Or Pogo Pogo. I wish I had that. Anyway, so next, Moody. Yeah. Where are we going to? I'll tell you. We're Please. Ho- ho- hopefully, we'll run into uh, Rain Maeda of Our Rain Lady Mata. Peace. Mata. Rain Mata. Is that Mata? his name? It's either Mata or Mata. Of Our Lady Peace. Of our Lady uh, Peace yeah. Okay. Because we're heading to a town near St. Catharines, Ontario. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. The our Lady Peace, they do uh, was a super. I'm thinking why. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Grand Trunk Railroad. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So it's an abandoned railway tunnel in Thorold, Ontario. The decision to build the tunnel came from the need for a more durable and less interrupted way to cross the new canal situated directly above it via vehicles. Constructed in 1875, completed in 1876, and opened in 1887. That's pretty, you know, that's not... Mm-hmm. It's weird that they completed it, and then 10 years later, they opened it. Yeah, probably because they fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, it probably went through a million inspections. Yeah. And so the tunnel was located... Um, could it have possibly been uh, a typo in there, and then maybe it was open in uh, seven, or 1877? It's possible. I don't okay. fucking know. Oh, whatever. So the tunnel you is... You know lo- how I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's open. We'll say that. <laughs> the tunnel is located between locks 18 and 19 of the former Third Welland Canal and was built using Queenston limestone, spanning a total length of 713 Dude. feet. Winning. Queenston limestone is the shit. Really? Yeah. I don't know anything about it. Neither do I. Oh, you fucker. <laughs> don't be stealing my shit. <laughs> so when including the wing stone work at either end, so this thing's 713 feet, okay? It's a big, big Underneath tunnel. Underneath the canal. Big tunnel. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty fucking big. Huge, big tunnel. <laughs> Huge tunnel. Biggest tunnel we've ever. Got, we've got the biggest tunnel ever. <laughs> China only wishes they had our tunnels. <laughs> So hundreds of men armed with picks and shovels, as well as several horses, were using the excavation. A huge number. <laughs> what? A huge number. A huge number, yeah. yes. Yeah. I believe that may be the first attempt 
at a Trump impersonation that we've done on this show at all. I think so. Yeah. I think it might be, and it was horrible. And I feel we try to stay away from political. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just not fit. what we're about. We're about creepy. Well, he is creepy, but ah. you're fired. <laughs> Sorry. So hundreds of men armed with picks and shovels, as well as several horses, were used in the excavation of the tunnel. The tunnel was used There's periodically. Only a couple of horses. Yeah, you. Uh, they were used periodically until 1915, when Harry Eastwood. Oh man. Dude, that sounds made up. Harry Eastwood? Harry Eastwood. Dude, a lot of those old names sound made up. They're like, why would you do that? Like, it works in Back to the Future 3. <laughs> that's that's, that's what it sounds like, right? Yeah. Mr. Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> Look out for Mad Dog Tannen. Was it was his name Clint Eastwood in that though, right? Yeah, he went with Clint. Yeah. He went with Clint. I don't know, because Dirty Harry. Yeah. Harry Eastwood. I don't know. It just sounds yeah. like pretty fucking no, made up. Anyway. You. So he was the last official engineer to pilot a train through the tunnel. Following that, the tunnel was used only occasionally by farmers to transport cattle or as a safe passage from the weather. Several fatal accidents occurred during the construction and mm. use of the tunnel and the railway running through it. In 1875, a 14-year-old was killed when he was crushed under a large rock. Yikes. On January 3rd, 1903, Ouch. at 7.03 a.m., that's quite specific, engine number four and engine number 975. Engine number nine? <laughs> 75. <laughs> No, anybody? You do. Okay, total side note. Have to do this because you just brought this up. Um, have you heard uh, Black Pony yet? No, it, this is the remix. It's the remix of yeah, White Pony. It awesome? It's fucking great. Mike Shinoda did a version of uh, shit. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. It's fucking great. Huh. Seriously, it turned out awesome. Anyway, if you this guys are Deftones, YouTube, uh, YouTube um, Spotify, whatever. Spotify. If you guys are Deftones fans, get out there and check out the new Deftones album. It's uh, a remix of their White Pony album that they released back in, what, 2002, yeah. 2003? 20 whatever. years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's freaking just badass. Anyway, the old Harry Eastwood here, man. <laughs> I just saw Harry Eastwood again. So so anyway, uh, engine number four and engine number 975 met in a head-on collision approximately a third of a mile from the western entrance of the tunnel. The trains were moving at approximately 22 miles per hour when they crashed, and the firemen of both trains, Charles Horning of engine number four and Abraham DeSalt from engine number 975, died of the result of the injuries. And it sounds like we're in a fucking math class right now. Uh, if engine number 75 is traveling at 22 miles an hour, leaving from Manitoba, how many people die at the result? Anyway, so engine uh, number four was leaving from Alberta. <laughs> right. So Charles Horning, the fireman on the express train, was gruesomely penned between the flaming hot boiler and the tentler. During his attempted rescue, the engineers and post guards tried to pull his mangled body free, mm -hmm. which resulted in his <laughs> arms and legs being messily severed from he, his body. He just literally pulled his arms off, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> what? Why do... Okay, so you try to pull him out and you yank his arms off, and then whose brilliant idea is it to like, well, let's try the legs. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Right, he's already like, missing his arms. Like, what the... Like, well, his arms <laughs> Or do you off. think they, they, had, like, will work, they had like four people on each limb? Pulling it Oops. one time. Yeah. Just... <laughs> oh, man. So one train Sorry. worker. One train... <laughs> one train worker even reported that Horning's watch still ticked on his severed arm. His well, body why wouldn't, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know, right? Like, like, I mean, his yeah. Watch is still ticking, eh? yeah, but can you imagine good watch, his though. arms over here and you just look yeah. over and it's like it's a good watch. Yeah. I, mean, I want to know what kind of watch that was. Takes a lick and it keeps on ticking. Right? Yeah. And they said his body uh, never would be fully recovered from the remains of the train. Yeah. It was so smushed and fucked yeah. up that they didn't even get all of his body parts yeah. back. The fireman for the mogul train, Abraham DeSalt, was flung into the boiler, resulting in burns over 90% of his body. <laughs> flung into the boiler. That sucks. He was rushed to the, rushed to the hospital and died five <clears throat> hours later. Oof. For the blue ghost, ghost tunnel, ghost, ghost tunnel stories include Biggest. people seeing blue wisps that are said to be the spirits of the firemen. 
Alternate versions claim a blue mist haunts the tunnel and a ghost dog prowls the area at Forest night. Forrest Whitaker. So apparently, <laughs> apparently, I guess there's there's a lot of reports that like um, whenever you go there, like a lot of people see like this weird like blue haze. In, you sure it's in not purple? Tunnel. No, it's blue. Okay. Blue, hence the blue ghost. It's not the purple ghost tunnel. It has nothing to do with purple haze. Has nothing to do with Jimi Hendrix, man. No, okay. Some say the wisps do not belong to the firemen, but to the souls of those (laughs) the 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 souls of those (laughs) whose nearby graves were flooded in nineteen in the nineteen twenties. At that time, Saint Peter's Cemetery was flooded over to make way for a canal reservoir. Now, we've talked about this in several different episodes where this shit happens all the time back then. Some families remove their beloved's bones from the Lutheran um, Lutheran Lutheran burial ground. Dude, that makes it sound so much more evil. (laughs) You got to pick up for Luther. Luther. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, From the Lutheran burial ground before the flooding occurred, but many graves remained. In 2009, a man found human remains in the area after water levels sank to a low level. Damn, 2009. Yeah. Since people talk about feeling a shove, hearing footsteps and voices that don't belong to anyone. There are reports of blue balls of light to go. <laughs> Such children. Blue balls of light <laughs> that go to <laughs> to go asking with uh, with most of it as well. Yep. There are many skeptics, however, and there have been a few paranormal investigators that have claimed they didn't find any proof of the tunnel being haunted. But hey, what the fuck do those guys know anyway? Fuck them. So now we've already made a Nickelback joke about Alberta, but now. We're turning it loose, and we're working for the weekend in the home of fucking Loverboy. Everybody's working fucking for Lover the weekend. I didn't know Loverboy was Canadian. We know, we know that song, don't we? Yeah. I was yeah. going through like lists of bands, and I'm just like, Loverboy, that can't be the same Is Loverboy. Is Flock of Seagulls from Canada? No. Not that I know of. Not that I saw. Oh, how about Depeche Mode? I think they're British. No. How about Boy George? He's British as well. Yeah. No. How about The Cars? No, they're American. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe. No, they're not Canadian. No, how about Tom Petty? Nope, he's no. American as fuck. No, how about Bob Seger? What nope. are we doing? No. <laughs> Just asking questions? <laughs> so anyway, we are... <laughs> well, they're not from our next location exactly. They are from Calgary, which from what the internet says, it's about an hour and a half away. And if that's wrong, Close well, blame enough. the internet. Right. We're not headed to Calgary, as I said. I Actually, I think that'd be a great shirt for you. Like, your face on it just says, blame the internet. <laughs> I I'd think that I'd wear it. That might be a functional shirt. That's a good one. So we're not again. We're not actually going there. We're going to Banff. It's near Calgary. It's Banff. B A N F F. I had Banff. actually I had heard of this place. It's like a resort town. Okay, so it is a resort town and one of Canada's most popular tourist destinations. Known for its mountainous surroundings and hot springs, it is a destination for outdoor sports and features extensive hiking, biking, scrambling, and skiing destinations within the area. <laughs> Sold me. Sunshine Dude, sounds great. <laughs> it does sound fun. You should see the pictures. It's fucking beautiful. Is it? Oh yeah. Sunshine Village Ski Norquay and Lake Louise Ski Resort are the three nearby ski resorts located within the national park. We're not here for sightseeing though. All right. It's not we're here for Moody. We're, we're not? No. What are we here for? Not even a ski weekend, bro. No, no nope. skiing. Nope. Nope. What nope. are we here for? We're John? here to check out the Fairmont Banff Springs Hotel. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that sounds wonderful. It does sound beautiful, doesn't it? It sounds like Nothing bad could ever happen there. Right. So you think since- it's better than La Quinta Inn? <laughs> La Quinta. La Quinta. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's more of a, it might be like a, from the pictures, it's like a Motel 8. Is there a water slide that goes outside into the pool? No, it's too cold from for that. From the inside. Too cold for that. Yeah, it's Canada. It'd be like an ice slide. Yeah. 
Sorry. And all you do is just pour booze down and they drink it at the bottom of it. <laughs> Molson ice. Yeah. Molson ice the whole time. Um, um, weird story about a Motel 8. Yeah. Stayed at one when we were on tour one time. Yeah. And or a Super 8 or whatever it is. Yeah, or... Super 8, Motel 8, whatever yeah. it's called. And walk in and there is a patch of carpet that's been replaced, but you can see speckles of some brown liquid on the outsides of the thing. And then you look over to the corner and there is a cockroach dead and painted over. They, pa- <laughs> they painted over the cockroach. Yeah. Somebody was in Maybe there like, they won't see it. Yeah, fuck it. Jesus <laughs> Swear Christ. to God. Do you remember, uh, I think it was West Virginia. That's amazing. We stayed at one of those. And remember, there was not enough room. It was because there was all of us in a tiny room. So I slept under the bathroom sink. Uh, and yes. remember, somebody wrote Magic Marker said, hello. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> under the sink. Yeah, I like... I curled up no ball and I got Dude. under the sink. I went to go to sleep and I'm looking at the top, like the bottom of the sink. It says, hello. And I'm like, somebody's Some, been here. Somebody else was doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah. So since it opened to the public in 1888, the Banff Springs Hotel has seen history. I have to say Banff because there's two Fs. I know. It's such a, like to. a weird word yeah. to say. So it, uh, it's, has, it has seen history, celebrity, and rebuilds, but it's also Ooh. seen tragedy. Millions of guests have checked I, in. I don't believe that. There's no way that the Banff Hotel. Know, it sounds too majestic, doesn't Dude, it? Dude, it's a it's a great looking hotel. Look it's up a, a picture of that place. Yeah, we'll, it's like huge. It's it's huge. It's would you say nice. it's huge? It's huge. It's, it's huge. <laughs> China only wishes they had a hotel that huge. <laughs> I'm still working on it, folks. Leave me alone. Pretty good. Yeah, thanks. Not I'm bad. Trying. Not bad. So, as millions of guests have checked in, a few have honestly never checked out. Some even believe that they still roam the halls of the iconic concrete castle in the Rockies today. In 132 years, the popular Alberta vacation spot has allegedly set the scene for horrific murders, suicides, and terrible accidents. Rooms have been boarded up. Yeah, look at that place. And the paranormal are frequently recorded. Oh, it does look like the shiny. It's fucking beautiful, though. Wow, that's awesome. Tell me you wouldn't love to stay at that place. We'll post some pictures. Man, it's fucking huge. Yeah, it's It's like I told you it's huge. Wow, it's huge. (laughs) So huge. That's not it. That's it. It looks like a fucking castle, like in the middle of nowhere. It's beautiful. Absolutely. I'd go there. I'd go there just to fucking get drunk. We should go there. Let's go there and uh, check out the hauntings and ski. Yeah, because that's what we're going to do. We don't ever do anything we're saving to do, Moody. That's not my fault. I mean, it is my fault because I'm poor. But (laughs) So some are skeptical, but many claim to have seen it with their own eyes. All right. So we're talking about the the Alberta vacation spot up here and worms have been boarded up and whatnot. You know, supposedly have seen it. So the bride of the Banff, the bride of the Banff Springs is perhaps the most active shadow of the hotel. A lot of bees. Even I know. (laughs) Bride of the Banff Springs. Even appearing on collector stamps and coins. So she's quite popular. Like many ghost stories retold hundreds of times, the details have been embellished and no one is quite sure who or what happened to the elusive woman in white. The most popular theory dating back to... This is actually kind of comical, by the way. Yeah, awesome. (laughs) The most popular theory dating back to 1920 was that a bride had fallen down a flight of stairs (laughs) after she tripped on the hem of her dress. She's typically... Picture that in a bad movie. That's hilarious. (laughs) Real funny, Moody. It is. But it's like, like, that's something you see like in a bad movie. Like, she's like beautiful and walking down this big spiral staircase and all of a sudden it's just like whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> naked gun yeah she did that in yeah. naked gun okay, yeah it was naked yeah, gun she was walking yeah. down the steps and she yeah, just that's what I'm saying. Priscilla like, Presley yeah. Yeah, she <laughs> that's what I pictured when I read that I'm yeah. like oh man she's typically reported veiled and dancing throughout the grand ballroom but everybody's, obviously not too majestically because she fell down some fucking everybody's steps everybody's laughing and she's just dead at the bottom of the st- <laughs> I was like oh did you see that shit she's, she's not moving <laughs> Ooh. and uh, other unexplained apparitions in heaven uh, heavy activity have been reported in room 873. Um, oh. Unfortunately for adrenaline junkies or shining fans looking to get a five-star spook, the room doesn't actually exist anymore. 
Apparently, after years of people claiming that they were terrorized in the suite, the hotel decided to permanently seal the room. Guests in the room have... Um, which, hold on, let me stop that real quick. Don't you think that would bring more people in? Yes. I don't or know. are they trying to, you know, no, we are not going to do that. That's... Well, I don't know if I put it in here, but I read later on that, like, the hotel refuses to admit that it's haunted. Like, they're like, we're not haunted. Oh, There's yeah. nothing going on. Blah, 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 blah. Probably because they get fucking assholes like us coming up there going, dude, dude it's totally haunted. I feel something. <laughs> yeah, you get fucking Zach Baggins in there. Right. Fucking, <laughs> fucking douchebag. Zach Bag of shit. Anyway, guests, guests in the room have reported being awakened by screaming. Mm -hmm. When they turn on the lights, they would see bloody handprints on the mirror. Depending on who tells the story, the handprints either disappeared before hotel staff had a chance to clean them or wouldn't come off at all. Although, Need another mirror up here. <laughs> although hotel staff claims that no such crime ever took place, the room is believed to be the place where a man killed his wife and daughter before taking his own life. Stories of Sam McCauley, a genial old Scotsman who was held uh, head bellman uh, during the 60s and 70s, have been circulating around the hotel since its passing in 1975. Supposedly, Sam is a helpful sort of spirit, and most stories involving him mention some service he's provided to staff or guests. One incident involved two elderly women calling the bell desk for assistance after they found their key would not work. The regular bellman was occupied with other duties and didn't respond for 15 minutes. By the time he arrived at the door, it was unlocked. One of the women said an, <laughs> an older bellman in a plaid jacket matching Sam's description exactly had helped them. Other stories, including guests seeing Sam haunting his ho uh, old office, now a guest room, on the mezzanine floor, as well as seeing apparitions and feeling cold spots on the 6th, 7th, or ninth floors of the hotel. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Little old man walking around in bellhop <laughs> uniform. Yeah. Like and, an old school bellhop with yeah. a little hash yeah, and yeah, shit. Right. But... Yeah. Well, Stop rooting in the hole! <laughs> While they'd rather not mention room numbers, there are specific rooms that, uh, that staff say are haunted, aside from 873. Guests have reported having the pillows yanked out from under their heads while they were sleeping or even being pushed off the bed by some unseen entity. And antiqued in their sleep. <laughs> Whatever spirits haunt this room, it's safe to say they can't rest in peace. And they want to make sure that you don't either, yeah. apparently. Fuck them. Yep. Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Next up, we roll, yeah. <laughs> we roll up like today's Tom Sawyer and live in the limelight with Rush. In Toronto. Oh, eh? Neil yeah. Pert. Neil Pert, eh? We're going to check out the Gibraltar Point <laughs> Lighthouse. So the Gibraltar Point Lighthouse is a lighthouse located on the Toronto Islands in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Begun in 1808, it's the oldest existing lighthouse on the Great Lakes and one of Toronto's oldest buildings. The lighthouse is perhaps best known for the demise of its first keeper, German-born Jean-Paul Radmuller. 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 <laughs> Say that again? No, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> Come on. It was amazing. I don't know. You, did, you said Radamuller. 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 <laughs> who was 18, Does have 15 murder, yeah, uh, forms the basis of Toronto's most enduring ghost story. Okay, that sucks. Recent research has yeah, verified. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. It's got a it's red very door. I see a red door and I want to paint it black. Sorry. It's not Rush. That's Rolling Stone. I know. I did, wasn't correlating the two. I just saw a red door. I know. Anyway. But I'm just, you know. So recent research has verified many aspects of the traditional tale of his death and identified the soldiers charged with but ultimately acquitted of the crime. A local legend is that the lighthouse is haunted by its first keeper, John Paul Rademuller. Rademuller disappeared under mysterious circumstances in January 2nd, 1815. The story goes that he was murdered by two soldiers who had been enjoying his home-brewed beer. Yeah, this is John if he was a lighthouse keeper. <laughs> hey, stop on up and have some beer, hey? <laughs> 
Versions of the story differ slightly. One version told in the mid-2000s was that Rademuller was killed after the soldiers bought the beer, but saw it freeze in the cold winter night and assumed that the alcohol content was so low that the lighthouse keeper was trying to rip them off. Fuck. Obviously, they don't know a whole lot about beer. because Beer would freeze anyway. Yeah, depending on the alcohol content. Like regular beer, like if it's just like a four and a half, five yeah. percent, it freezes. I mean, yeah. look, you put a regular beer in a freezer. Anyway, dumbasses. But most agree that Rademuller... idiots. <laughs> but most agree that Rademuller was killed that night and dismembered by his killers who buried his body in a few graves near the lighthouse. His ghost is said to still haunt the site. The story was recorded by John Ross Robertson in 1908 in Landmarks of Toronto and has become a staple of spooky local lore ever since. Even in his telling, Robertson raises skepticism that the murder never occurred, but he writes that he heard the story from the current lighthouse keeper, George Durnham, who had apparently gone looking for a body and had dug up a coffin with a jawbone. The plaque at the lighthouse mentions the ghost story and the jawbone, although this was a somewhat controversial decision. People report seeing the apparition of a man wandering the grounds. Some say it is Rademuller looking for his lost limbs. Since nights bring um, unexplained meanings, uh, sounds and unexplained mist forming, and inside the tower there's unexplained thumping, banging, and echoes. There's also reports of footsteps and what sounds like something being dragged. <laughs> it sounds freaking amazing. I want to go to a freaking creepy lighthouse. What? I can't hear you. I said I know, right, dude? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm fixing a spelling error before you get to it. Oh, Shut I up. See you, I see you doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so all right <laughs> all right are you guys hungry yeah because we know moody i am i'm a fat fuck yeah at, <laughs> <laughs> at any rate our next stop may be we will hunt some we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna hunt some orcs <laughs> some orcs with three inches of blood or pet a skinny puppy Drink some beer with the real McKenzie's or get a shitty haircut with Devin Townsend. <laughs> None of that sounds like fun at all. <laughs> or maybe we can head down to the old spaghetti factory in Vancouver and just go ghost hunting. That sounds fun. The first old spaghetti factory restaurant <laughs> record uh, opened in the uh, uh, this location in Gastown in uh, 1970. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, located in what was once the headquarters of W.H. Malkin Company Limited, which is a grocery wholesaler. The old spaghetti factory has four ghosts in residence. The first and best known is the spirit of a tram conductor. He frequents the old trolley car that's parked inside the restaurant and contains dining tables. The trolley number 53 was once part of the British Columbia Electric Railway. Companies, um, uh, companies, oh, the Electric Railway Company's fleet of electric trams. Built in uh, nearby New Westminster in 1904, it served as a public transit trolley in and around Vancouver for many years. Boom. Oh, that's is. beautiful. Yeah, that's cool. And that's all. Oh, they turned it into. Oh, okay, cool. It served yeah. uh, again so in 1957. It and dozens of other trolley cars <laughs> were decommissioned in favor of the electric and diesel buses that are commonplace in the city today. The trolley car was installed in the building in 1969 during the setup of the restaurant. It's up for debate whether the conductor's ghost came with the trolley or not. Some say he died in a collision on an underground rail line below the restaurant, but this is unlikely because Vancouver's trolley cars all ran at street level. And as the building has no historical connection with the BC Electric Railway Company, the ghost probably came with the tram car. Here's the ghost. Background, let me zoom in. Right there. You mean the, the lady eating? <laughs> that's a guy. And that's, that's a ghost. That's, yeah, behind her. See, look. What the that is definitely not. <laughs> that's, that's a ghost. Oh, fuck. For sure. Looks like Dwight Schrute. He does sell it pretty well, doesn't he? I'm going to get the uh, EVP out. <laughs> 
So Tramcar 53, regardless of its origin, various staff members have seen the ghost of the, un uh, the uniformed conductor. He always appears seated at the same dining table inside the streetcar late at night. Well, <laughs> well, well. <laughs> After closing. He's saying that's who it is. It's definitely also, not. Place, definitely not. place settings are moved by unseen hands and inexplicable cold spots are experienced inside the car. The second ghost at the old spaghetti factory is a small mischievous spirit with a ruddy face and bright red hair. <laughs> He's a ginger. Yeah. Simply known as the little red man or Looky Lou. <laughs> <laughs> is that Looky Lou, eh? He calls out the staff members by name and strolls through the kitchen. His favorite prank is to surprise female customers in the ladies' washroom. So he's a little creep. <laughs> he's a fucking little creep. He just walks up to him while they're washing their hands. He's like... <laughs> he's got a mirror on his shoe. <laughs> looking up their dress. Hey! <laughs> Sorry! Sorry! On one particular occasion, two ladies saw the dwarfish man leave one of the cubicles dressed in a red shirt and red long johns. After looking at them and laughing, it's me, Mario. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking elf. Like yeah. he would have. <laughs> After uh, looking at them and laughing mischievously, he left through the washroom door. To their surprise, nobody else had seen the unmistakable man leave the washroom. It's said that one of the women took a picture of the ghost, but when the film was developed, he appeared as a blur. <laughs> Sorry. Nope. Aye, 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 aye. <laughs> Nobody knows who the little red man is or why he haunts the restaurant. One thing's for certain, however, he's a devilish little fellow. Now, the, restu uh, the restaurant's third ghost is that of a young boy. In early 2012, this ghost gave a female server a terrible fright. She was in the back section of the restaurant, helping to close up for the night. While she was busy resetting some tables, a boy ran past her towards the very back. With it being so late and no customers left in the restaurant, she thought it was strange that a boy was running around. Well, yeah. So she followed him. The boy ran under a table alongside the back wall, turned around, and looked up at her. When she looked at his face, she saw that his eye sockets were empty. Terrified, she ran to the front of the restaurant to tell the manager about what she'd seen. She told him that she couldn't work out the restaurant work at the restaurant any longer and resigned right there on the spot. <laughs> It's a looky loo. <laughs> looky loo. I'm the looky loo. No, that's the little boy. Looky loo's the redheaded little creepy ginger dude. I would call him the same though. Yeah, they might be the same thing. I don't know. A psychic visited the restaurant and identified the ghost of the little boy as Edward. She you think also it was Chant Tangia from Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> this restaurant is clear. She's like at the match, like call to it. <laughs> be stern with it. She also pointed out that there's a vortex located at the back of the premises. A vortex is a supposed portal to other dimensions that enable spirits to come into our world. Man, there's a lot happening at the spaghetti uh, factory there. <laughs> a lot of shit going on. Some also believe that vortexes are linked to the Earth's electromagnetic field. This influences where and when these portals open and close. And as we all know, 11 can close them. Mm -hmm. Can't wait for the next season, by the way. She also claimed that several small artifacts that decorate the restaurant have spirits attached to them. The boy ghost is thought to be responsible for bending cutlery on tables in the back of the restaurant. One night during closing hours, a staff member walked through the back area to check the place that settings had been properly laid out. He was stunned to see that each cutlery item was bent upwards on one of the tables. Other staff members saw the bent cutlery too, but uh, by the time they brought the restaurant manager over to see it, it was all back to normal. Mm -hmm. In addition, the ghost sometimes places a dining chair on top of a table in the back section, which the staff find in the morning. Sounds like they have a poltergeist. We should go there. Yeah, sounds fun. In 2015, another server had an encounter with Edward. 
After closing, she saw the boy dressed in a flat cap, wool jacket, and corduroy pants run. <laughs> you mean you heard him because corduroy yeah. as you're running uh, towards the back of the restaurant. She chased him, and he's done as he's done before. He ducked under a table. She ran to the front of the restaurant to take the manager back with her to see the boy. When they got there, he was gone. And then they noticed that the place settings had been disturbed. The cutlery was all in a pile in the middle of the tabletop. On another occasion, a customer sat in a row of booths behind the entrance of the restaurant. She saw the boy reflected in a mirror on the back wall. He was using an arm to spin around a narrow column behind the front desk. When she turned around to look at the boy, he'd vanished. So now the fourth ghost in the old spaghetti factory is of a little girl who appears at a table in the front window. She sits and holds a balloon. Nobody knows who she is. Once, a friend of the restaurant's general manager had a conversation with her that lasted several minutes. The little girl explained to him that she was looking for her mother. When he returned to the table after telling the manager about her, she disappeared. Dinner and a ghost show sounds pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So next up, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to hell, but... Uh, We'll still be in good company with the dead dead in Regina, Saskatchewan. That's where we're going. And maybe we'll win some money and see a ghost or two because it's Casino Regina. And it's a casino located in Saskatchewan Drive, formerly South Railway Street, in Regina, Saskatchewan. So it's a casino. It operates in the city's former Union Station, a Tyndall and Ashler stone structure completed in 1912. The Beau Art Style Union Station was constructed in 1911 to 1912 and was actually Regina's third train station. The first is now a museum in Broadview, Saskatchewan. The station was completed uh, the same year the deadly Regina cyclone struck the city, tearing through West Kana Park and gutting part of the downtown uh, downtown area. That the, is creepy. The building underwent a major expansion in 1931. Uh, and the original facade was redone in a simpler Art Deco style with Tyndall stone. As well, terrazzo floors, marble support columns, and plaster molding uh, molded ceilings were added to the interior. Okay, so now you know a little bit about the place. In the early 1990s, cutbacks to rail services throughout Canada led to the closure of Regina's Union Station. The station had been an important part of Regina's history and heritage since its opening in 1912. After the station's closure, its fate remained unknown for several years. Union Station was de designated as an official heritage site in 1991. By 1995, a $37 million construction project began to convert the vacant station into the province's st uh, second casino. So that's pretty cool. So now what they're saying here is the first recorded supernatural encounter occurred in, 19 in the 1930s when a ghostly image of a woman was captured in a photograph, even though the room was empty. To this day, the photo is uh, still uh, of the casino. Like you can actually still find this thing. Below the casino, the mystery, it's actually hanging up in the casino, if I'm not mistaken. Below the casino, the mystery, uh, mystery continues in one of the former holding cells. Rumor has it that one prisoner was so determined to avoid jail time that he committed suicide by hanging himself. Oh. Yeah. His ghost is felt so often that many staff members refuse to even go into his cell, even though it is now used for storage. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, could, could be creepy if you've got that, you know, lingering over your head like, hey, you don't want to go down there, you know? Yeah, especially if you're carrying boxes. Yeah. Not too many places you uh, you know you can actually gamble and see ghosts at the same time. So, next up, and if I'm not mistaken here, this might be our last one on this beautiful tour of Canada. We're heading to New Brunswick. Okay, so apparently there is not one band or musician that most of you people out there would actually know from New Brunswick. So we got nothing. 
The one that uh, uh, that any of us have actually heard of is uh, Stompin' Tom Connors. He sings a song called The Hockey Song, which I guarantee you've probably never fucking heard of. <laughs> or maybe you have if you've attended a hockey game. Well, with that dumb shit behind us, let's head to the Dungavarin River. A young cook by the name of Ryan hired himself out to work in a lumber camp near the Dungavarn River. Dung Dungervon? Dungervon. Dungarees. <laughs> Dungarees. The Dungarees River. When he arrived at camp, he brought all his worldly possessions with him. Around his waist was a fascinating money belt stuffed with coins and large bills. Nobody knew where he got the money, but the young cook made no secret of the fact that there was plenty of it. Ryan was a handsome fellow, tall and strong, with ruddy cheeks and black curly hair. He was well-liked and could whoop. Whoop, it says whoop. There it is. Whoop and holler better than anyone in the camp. And a uh, good, strong shout was an accomplishment, a much valued among woodsmen. So I guess like you were the cooler you were, like the better you could. I guess that's that's how they did it. I don't know. <laughs> kind of like yodeling. Yeah, I guess. Every morning, Ryan was the first uh, one up so as to prepare breakfast and fill the lunch pails with bread and salt pork. Then he would let out a tremendous ear-splitting whoop to get everyone up. <laughs> After breakfast, he, uh, the men would go off to work, leaving young Ryan alone. It's not, okay, literally, my father does this to because he's a cow rancher. Oh, to hurt him. To get the cows to yeah, come yeah. out to him. He'll get out there and go, come on, come on. I swear to God. record that next time you're down there? Next time I'm down there? Oh, yeah. I'll for sure have him do it. sound effect. It's just so funny when he does it. So it was an unlucky day for Ryan. For on this particular morning, the camp boss decided to remain with the young cook. The boss was a stranger, but he was respected and his orders were obeyed. When the men returned late in the afternoon, he, uh, they found young Ryan lying lifeless on the floor. He was dead and his money belt was gone. Uh, when they, asked what had happened... Was, was, sorry, what was I going to say? He, they, they have money belts? Yeah, he had, a, he had like a... Uh, it, like a fanny pack? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I guess. When asked what had happened, the boss said the young cook had taken sick suddenly and died. None dared question him further, but the woodsmen were suspicious. Where was the money belt? Hmm. That night, a raging storm swept upon the camp, making it impossible to leave, so the men had to bury the poor cook in a shallow grave in the forest. As they trudged back to the camp, they stopped dead in their tracks. For above the howling and moaning of the wind came the most dreadful, Whoops and screams anyone has ever heard. It continued all that night and all the next day, driving the men crazy with fear. They'd left camp never to return. For years, the haunting sounds con uh, continued until Father Murdoch, a priest from Ren when Renoir, was asked to put the poor spirit to rest. From over the wilderness grave, Father uh, from over the wilderness grave, excuse me, Father Murdoch read some holy words from the Bible and made a sign of the cross. Some say Father Murdoch succeeded in quieting the ghost, but others declared the fearful cries of Ryan could be heard to this very fucking day. Creepy. Creepy. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our news segment, WTF. Or as I like to say, what the f So last week, in getting in the Christmas spirit, or I'm sorry, holiday spirit i don't want to offend yeah, any of our right. listeners watch yourself buddy oh boy we went over the top gifts as of amazon well as they rated them right for this year and yeah. some of them were interesting some of them were kind of cool like yeah. the shooting gallery was cool yeah that was cool and we came up with a wonderful idea of fecal fighters the fecal fighters which is in the works by the which way those t-shirts will be coming soon yeah that's gonna be a good entire one. line of them so a lot of you i'm not gonna say are lazy <laughs> but you are American. If you're listening from, from America, yeah. 
Uh, a lot of a lot of people just buy gift cards. It's easier, you know. They they're at Giant Eagle, they're or I shouldn't say Giant Eagle, uh, their grocery store, gas station, and they buy gift cards, and that's what they give for gifts. Okay. So since it's so popular, I was wondering what were the top gift cards that were bought to be gifted this year. Oh boy, it's got the gas card has to be like number one. It's right? pretty interesting. Yeah. All actually. right, let's check it out. So this is according to Money Talks News. Okay. Okay. They they track this. And there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's only nine. There's not even ten. Okay. So it's top nine. So we'll go from last place to first place. Okay. All right. So in least place is Disney. People are buying Disney gift cards. Now I'm assuming this is for Disney Plus or it could be Disney Gift Shop. It doesn't really say. Yeah, it says uh, I would imagine it's probably probably unilateral. Disney Plus. Yeah. Because everybody's well, watching Disney there's Plus. There's Disney stores in the mall. By the way, I finally saw that episode. Which one? Oh, the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Awesome, right? Yeah, it was really good. So cool. I'm really hooked on that show now. It's so good. I love and it. And I'm not as hateful of Baby Yoda anymore. No, because no. he's no longer Baby Yoda. He actually has a name. Grogu. Grogu. Yeah. yeah. And he's starting to become, come into his own now, and you're yeah. starting to get, like find out a little bit more about him. It's super cool. It's pretty good. Yeah. I was a little sad that his ship got blown up. but Yeah, I want to see what happens so, now. He's got to get a new ship, right? Yeah. So anyways, uh, the next one is Netflix. Netflix gift cards. That's number eight. I... Which is odd because you think everybody has Netflix at this point, right? Yeah, but a gift card. So would someone give you like fourteen ninety nine gift card? It's like a subscription. You can get it in like three months, oh, uh, one year interval. I see. Okay. I could see if you had like a younger kid, like a teenager, like or someone becoming a teenager. Yeah. And it would be like, okay, well, here's a Netflix gift card. Someone moving out on their own maybe yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, next one up is REI. I have no idea what the hell that is. Do you? No clue. Never heard of it. I'll have to look that up. Is that like a, a clothing store? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'll look it up real quick. I don't want to click it because I don't want to lose my spot. Right now. Yeah, go ahead. I'll look it up. <laughs> Whatever it is, it says R E I, capital R, capital E, capital I. Um, let's see. A, a top brand gear, clothing, and outdoor apparel. Oh, okay. So it's kind of right. like a Cabela's or a yeah. Bass Pro Shop kind of deal. Yeah, it looks like it. All right. That's not a bad one, I guess. Um, next one is Whole Foods Market. Okay. So that's a gift card going around. For that makes sense. Gluten-free, vegan. Eat healthy, folks. You know, all that stuff's popular yeah. these days. Yeah. But what's great is, so you have that, and then following that, trumping it, is Walmart. Oh, da -da. boy. <laughs> so. now, okay, I'm going to be honest here, and I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to hate on Walmart. All right. Um, but that's a lazy fucking gift. Right. That's a lazy gift. Right. There's no thought. There's no thought. That. You were like, oh, shit, I need something. Right. It's last minute. This you were will, this at Walmart, and you were like, <laughs> ah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to get Billy. I guess and I'll just get him a Walmart gift card. number four. Okay. Number four. That's been bought this year. Okay. So a lot of people are getting Walmart gift cards. Okay. Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> All right. Number three, and I don't understand how this even made it on here because of what's going on with the pandemic, but Fandango gift card is number three. Um, fan, do they do any online services? I don't know. Maybe they've they. I they, know a lot of the streaming services are picking up like release movies, like uh, Wonder Woman's coming out on HBO the same day as the theater. Did you hear what uh, um, HBO uh, HBO Max or whatever is doing? All of the upcoming DC Warner Brother movies are all yeah. going to be streamed there the day they come out. That's yeah. Okay, so, so they're all it. doing yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, they actually have uh, Fandango now. You can watch movies and TV online. Okay, so... But that's over Netflix? Yeah. This is number three. Holy shit. Which is odd. Yeah, I'm going to... Well, that's crazy. I'm going to look into that. 
Number two, you have a guess? I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's a retail store. Home Depot. No, that's good. Good, good guess, Fuck. but not it. Uh, retail. Out of all the retail stores, this would be the top one, or most popular, rather. Target. Yep. Is it Target? Yeah, yeah, uh, Target, Target gift, gift card. card. Yeah. See, at least that one has a little bit more thought into it. But again, you were there and you just picked it up. Right. You right. Know what I mean. Right. So Target is number two, and number one. Do you have a guess? It's. It has to do with consumption. It's not a retail thing. Wait, consumption like like the Black like Death food, kind of thing. Food. Like, oh. Um. Number one. HelloFresh. When you think of gift cards, what would you think? It's got to be for a restaurant. Maybe. Kind I don't of. know. What is it? Starbucks. Starbucks. Oh, of course yep. it's Starbucks. So number one is Starbucks. So there's a lot of people, a lot of listeners out there are going to be getting Starbucks gift cards according to this website. These motherfuckers, I swear to God, like everybody <laughs> is just obsessed with Starbucks. Oh, God. It is. It is. So that's your top gift cards this year. If you're looking to buy some gift cards because you're lazy. And you don't want to buy an actual gift and put thought into it. Yeah, that seems to be. These are the top ones. Oh, there you go. You know what to get. The Fandango thing looks kind of cool. It, it looks. It says new releases not on Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime subscriptions. All right, so it's like the actual movie theater releases then. Yeah, which is kind of, I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. So there's your gift cards, folks. It's pretty awesome. Get them done. Guess what we're talking about now? What are we doing? We're doing... So, Jeff. About Canada? Canada? We are going to go through some Canadian movies, but we're talking about the top 10 best Canadian horror movies. Oh, there's actually Canadian horror movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is from IMDb, you know, our favorite place. Nice. So, I'm going to see if you've seen any of these movies. Okay. All right. Probably not, but we'll we'll, we'll go with it. All right. Number 10 from 1995, Screamers. Uh, That sounds familiar. A military commander stationed off-planet during an interplanetary war travels through the devastated landscape to negotiate a peace treaty, but discovers that the primitive robots they built to kill enemy combatants have gained sentience. Uh, Peter Weller, Roy Dupuis, Jennifer Rubin, and Andrew Lauer. Have you Peter Weller's RoboCop? Yeah, he was RoboCop, yeah. So this is 95, so he had to have been relatively old. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because RoboCop was, what, mid-80s? Yep. Yeah. So maybe not relatively. Never seen it, though. Yeah, I've never seen it either. Anyway, 6.4 stars. Um, you know, not bad. Grossed uh, $5.78 million. Well, huh? not not too bad on there. So numbers, uh, number nine. This one uh, stars Claude Legault, Rémy Girard, Martin Dubreuil, <laughs> and Fanny Mallet. It is seven days. Nope. A doctor seeks revenge by kidnapping, torturing, and killing the man who raped and murdered his young daughter. Is that Liam Neeson movie? It sounds like, like it. I don't know who you are, but I'm going to find you. So it says another excellent script by Patrick Senecal, Quebec's master of horror, the man responsible for Sur le Sur. <laughs> so I'm going to say these are all in French. These are French movies. Um, so this one, 6.5 stars, and it doesn't even say that it made any kind of money whatsoever. So, yeah. <laughs> it was a wosh. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Pin. P-I-N. Pin. Oh. Isolated by his strange parents, Leon finds solace in an imaginary friend, which happens to be an, an, an anatomy doll from his father's doctor's office. Unfortunately, the doll begins to take over Leon's life and his sister's life as well. Sounds amazing. It does sound pretty fun, but it sounds like fucking child's play. Kind of. Yeah. And uh, David Hewlett, Cynthia Preston, Terry O'Quinn, and Bronwyn Mantell. 
I don't know, 6.6 from 1988. Holy shit. Uh, number seven is 5150 Elms Way. <laughs> said Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Is <laughs> located at the end of a quiet street in a small town. When Yannick fell off his bike, he knocked at the door of the beautiful, uh, the below residence so he could clean the blood off of his clothes. Because so, he fell off his bike? Yeah, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> it's another French one. 6.6 uh, 6 stars. Uh, let's see here. Number six, Ginger Snaps. Ooh, I love Ginger Snaps. Two death-obsessed sisters, outcasts in their suburban neighborhood, must deal with the tragic consequences when one of them is bitten by a deadly werewolf. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> so this one's 6.8. Uh, it's a 2000 movie. Uh, it grossed $0 million. Zero million. <laughs> That's what nice. it says. All right, you ready? Yes. Number five, Scanners. Okay, seen that. Yes. Scanners is amazing. That's a Canadian movie? Apparently, yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, Jennifer O'Neill, Stephen Lack, Patrick McGuhan, and Lawrence Dane. A scientist sends a man with extraordinary psychic powers to hunt others like him. And it's one of the greatest. Um, That's the head exploding, right? The head exploding yeah, yeah. for the uh, the news anchor. Yeah. yeah. He's just sitting here all of a sudden. Whoop. <laughs> yeah. Grossed $14.23 million, 6.8 stars on here from 1981. Um, here's one. This is actually, I've heard about this movie, but I've never really, uh, I don't think I've ever seen it. It's Videodrome. No. Uh, a programmer at a TV station that specializes in adult entertainment searches for the producers of a dangerous and bizarre broadcast. James Woods, Debbie Harry, who is Blondie. Yeah. Sonia Smits and Peter Dvorsky from 1983. I've heard a lot about this and heard that it's very highly rated. And 7.2 stars. Wow. Yeah. It grossed 2.12 million <laughs> from 1983. That paid James Wood's salary right yeah, there. Yeah, that's, that's nobody rough. else got anything else. Yeah. Uh, this one, Kate Greenhouse, Bruce McPhee, Jeff Seymour, and David Caldersley, whatever his last name is, 2005's The Dark Hours. I think I've seen this. A beautiful but burnt out psychiatrist goes to the family's winter cottage for a weekend with her husband and sister, which is interrupted when a terrifying and unexpected guest arrives, a violent sex offender and patient of the doctors. Ooh. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up. It's only got six stars. But anyway, it's number three on here. Number two uh, was mentioned earlier. This is uh, Sur le Sur. Uh, <laughs> obviously a French movie. Uh, gross $2.1 million. Jesus. In Montreal, on the same day that the policeman shot 21 children, killing 11 without any reason, the successful writer Thomas Roy amputates his fingers and tries to commit suicide. What? That sounds like a winning movie to me. What is going on in this movie? Uh, 6.5 uh, stars on there. And number one, which is crazy that this is the number one horror, Canadian horror movie, and I've never heard of this. It's called Shivers. Hmm. The residents of a suburban high-rise apartment building are being infected by a strain of parasites that turn them into mindless, uh, sex-crazed fiends out to infect others by the slightest sexual contact. <laughs> it's a David Cronenberg movie, though. Huh. Um, Paul Hampton. Uh, 1975. 75. Paul Hampton, Joe Silver, Lynn Lowry, Alan Coleman. 6.5 on the motherfucking thing. So there you go. Those are your top 10 Canadian horror movies. I wonder if any of our listeners have seen any. Of I don't know. Those. I'd like to know if they did, though. That'd be really cool because, I mean, I've seen uh, Scanners. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it. That's pretty much all I've seen. So we apologize for that. Anyway. So, yeah, that's your top movies right there. So, what do you think about Canada, eh? It's creepy. It is creepy. It's got some creepy shit in there. 
And they're awfully sorry. <laughs> sorry. Like about everything. No, we love you guys. Seriously. Thank you guys so much for, and like you were our number one, the number one country outside of the United States for us then uh, this past year, I guess you'd say or whatever. So it's really cool that Canada doesn't hate us. Yeah. See yeah. that? Yeah. So, all right, passengers, we hope you enjoy your ride with us on Creepy Canada. Next week, we're going to dive into the Dozier School for Boys. Do you know what that is? Is that like an X-Men thing? No. <laughs> it's actually a true horror story where forensic anthropologists are working to find the unmarked graves of the 81 boys known to have died at this notorious reform school in the Florida Panhandle. It's a pretty fucked up story. It's going to get dark again. Oh, boy. We're going to take it back there. That's going to be your fucking Christmas present from us because next week is Christmas week. Nice. So that's when that's going to be dropping for you guys. So make so sure we're not getting a Starbucks card. No Starbucks cards. Sorry. Uh, do you even like Starbucks? No, I didn't think so. Do you even drink coffee? Once in a while. Oh, okay. Actually, around this time I do. I do in the wintertime, but that's about it. Dude, I drink coffee like it was my fucking job. Yeah. In fact, I drink coffee at my job all day long. Nice. Swear to God, this is my, like my fourth cup. Yeah, a lot of yeah. people like the coffee. Which is probably why I'm like... I like the energy drinks. That's my yeah, coffee. I can't do the energy drinks. They make me too fucking like... Yeah, yeah. That, go that goes away after a week. Oh, my heart always feels like they're going to explode. I'm high strung as it is. Do you really want me on that shit? <laughs> so now listen, all you listeners out there, please stop over to our official website. That's the midnighttrainpodcast.com. And at our website, you can listen to these episodes what yeah you can get you know all kinds of cool shit you can sign up for our patreon which is really awesome and you can get merchandise we have merchandise jeff like t-shirts t-shirts do we have hats uh, yes we do have hats do we have uh coasters how about mouse pads not yet we can work on that though how about seat covers we don't have seat covers We'll have to work on that. Yeah, you're making it sound really horrible right now. So stop. I really want seat covers. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. <laughs> but our over there, our new line of fecal fighters shit-eating robot t-shirts will be dropping soon. We're actually working on those now. I'm trying to get at least the first one before Christmas, but I doubt it's going to happen. So in the new year, hopefully we'll have that. There was a lot of buzz about that I saw on Facebook. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. And listeners keep asking how they can keep the steam in our engines well if you like what you hear from us please consider being a producer of the show by heading over to the midnight train podcast.com and clicking on the patreon button at the very top of the page or at patreon.com forward slash the midnight train podcast for as little as five bucks a month you can get all kinds of cool stuff like a custom t-shirt custom posters custom stickers bonus episodes that goes out we try to do them at least every couple of weeks and we've uh due to some well, we got the holidays, holidays right and all now, kinds of shit. But we do have a couple of them coming up here very soon. They're going to be awesome, and I'm really stoked about it. Including another, uh, the day the music died, which I'm excited about. It's Randy, and, Randy Newman. And <laughs> you got to send me, even if he did, <laughs> boy. So if you like what you hear, if you're a diehard fan and you want to help produce this motherfucker, our Patreons for you, get over there and sign up. You spend more on coffee at Starbucks. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> you do. I know you do, you sons of bitches, I'm just kidding. And for those of you that would rather just leave a one-time donation because you're like, hey, you know what? I like these guys, but I have commitment issues. You know what it is, you know, it's fine. I'll tell you what, you leave a donation. Yeah. A dollar or less. A dollar I'll or less. I'll even do it for 50 cents. Okay. All right? You leave a dollar or less and you request a song, I'll make sure Mushmouth does it. A dollar or less? For a song. And we'll play it. <laughs> that seems really weird strategy. No? A dollar or less. 
Yeah. So so if they did it like for two bucks, you'd be like, fuck you, I'm not doing it? Two bucks, we'll, we'll make it a, a video. <laughs> a video. We'll do a video with it. <laughs> Hold your horses there, buddy. Whoa. <laughs> so anyway, you guys can donate at the uh, over at PayPal at the Midnight Train Podcast at Gmail. Um, also, you can easily like, subscribe, and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. And most importantly, share the Midnight Train to everyone. It literally just takes a couple of minutes. And word of mouth is how we're going to get more passengers on this train and continue to bring you weekly episodes. Um, honestly, even if you're not listening on... Um, on uh, da, 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 Apple Podcasts. Yeah. For some reason, their algorithm there is what kind of mandates everything. And I don't know if it's just because Apple owns the world or maybe because they were like the, the beginner of the, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But those reviews and those stars and stuff, the five stars and the reviews, those help tremendously. I, I don't understand it, but anyway, whatever. It's not for me to understand. So we can't thank you all enough for all the love and support, especially you, Canada. We're talking to you, you Fucking beautiful bastards. You passengers really do keep this train moving. And thank you all so much for listening. So a big fucking midnight train shout out to... You ready for this, Jeff? I'm ready. All right. Lacey, Mikey, Ben, John, Nate, Tess, Heidi, Kaylin, Kevin, Matt, Diana, Christopher, Jacqueline, Katie, Michaela, Ramsey, Tamar, Tommy, Speakerbox, the Sister Skeleton. Please make sure you check out the Sister Skeleton podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Riley, Diane, Alina, Stephanie, Julie, Laura, Cynthia, Kirsten, Dawn, Nicola, Caitlin, Chanel, Charlie, Alex, Emily Ann, Son of Vasco, Alicia, Frandapai, <laughs> Danny, Melissa, Grace, Stormy, Eva, Melissa, Wayne, Victoria, Hager, Sean Chainsaw. I like turtles. Jigsaw, Bill, Son, Colin, Todd, uh, David Vallo, Juan, uh, Belen, Cannon Brad at Voodoo Vodka, Stripper Kevin, Katie Brabinick, <laughs> Davey, our Mexican Vado, and a very huge special thank you to our superhero Patreon producers, Chad Flint, Cheryl Pierce, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob from the, uh, the Funbox podcast, which are amazing, uh, Christina Skelton, Maria Gibbs, Jessica Bartolome, Bill Birch, and Samantha Pickworth. <sighs> That was a lot, huh? That was a lot. It's getting bigger and bigger every yeah. week. Oh. You forgot one name, though. Who's that? And his name is John Cena! <laughs> if you want your name to be mentioned on the show, you can literally just go and sign up as a member on our website. It's completely free. And we'll say your name just because you're like, hey, I'm going to sign up. And we're like, fuck yeah, dog. What's better than free? Getting paid for it. No, you're supposed to say nothing. Oh, nothing. Nothing. Right. right nothing. Right. Nothing is better than free. Right. Sorry, so that's Joe. why you guys should go do it. Because right. Because it's free. It is free. And everyone loves free. That's right. And if you sign up to be a Patreon producer, we'll say, like, we'll save you for the last. We'll make sure that everyone's like, hallelujah, looking up to you because you are just this just embodiment of massive awesomeness. And yeah. everyone around you can just eat your shit. Yeah. Right. You're like in the movie theater in the top box. Right. Yeah. And you get your popcorn first. Right. You're you're flying in first class. I mean, we don't play favorites, but we do for that. For Patreon producers? Yeah. Fuck yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> so please sign up over there, man. Anything helps. It really does to help us keep getting things we need for this damn show, like cameras and new equipment <laughs> and fucking everything else that falls apart because I'm a human fucking EMP. Anyway. Can we get a robot to press record <laughs> so we know it's recording? And yeah, we'll say, yeah, since this is the end of the episode. So we actually recorded... Um, pretty much, I don't know, a half hour, 45 minutes worth of this episode today and realized that Moody and his fat fingers turned the fucking thing off. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, yeah. And you'll notice you haven't heard him for a little while. He actually had to leave. So fuck imagine, you, imagine recording for an hour, right? 
you're just it's going along everything's flowing everything's great and you look down and the little button that's supposed to be red that says record <laughs> is green the funny part to me though is, is that when we came back from the little break or whatever because he thought he stopped it but he technically started yeah. it and so it was recording while you were outside and he and i were just talking yeah. The whole time. Nice. So I'm going to save that, and I might actually put that at the end of this episode. Clip it. Yeah, just so people can hear just me and him just bullshitting at nice. the very end of it because it's pretty fucking funny. So anyways, please stay safe out there, passengers. We know it's crazy. We know Christmas is coming. Uh, excuse me. The holidays are among us. Thank you. Please do whatever you can to, you know, stay safe and treat your family great. And, you know, a great thing for a Christmas gift would be a Patreon a, a, a subscription for oh. for our show. You know, you can actually go and sign them up, and all you got to do is put your email address in there, and they're going to get a thing every time we drop bonus episodes. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing, and it shows them how much you actually care. It's yeah. better. It's better than a fucking Starbucks gift card. I'll it is, or uh, what was the REI? REI or fucking Walmart? Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you imagine <laughs> suddenly like ten minutes open up that little box, you open up it. Oh, Walmart! And you have to be nice. So you're like. Oh, cool. Walmart. <laughs> There's so much stuff I want from there. Awesome. Uh, all right, y'all. Please stay safe out there. And as always, choo-choo, motherfuckers. Or fake news. I'll go home and get your fucking shine box.